It is 1899, the turn of the 20th century. 23 years after the extraordinary British scientist Phileas Fogg went around the world in 80 days, he now seeks to better his own feet, to travel to any seven destinations on the planet, no matter how far within the year. Fogg will then justifiably become the head of the Royal Academy of Science. There's just one small problem. Phileas Fogg is a cad, a philanderer, a murderer, and a monster. Only a small group of dashing heroes know the truth, and only they can stop him in an adventurous race around the world. Sugar-Fueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, presents The World's Most Wondrous Year, a Savage World's Pulp Adventure. A small word of warning. This game is played at a table with a baby and a toddler. Expect a little bit of crying and some periodic toddler commentary throughout the podcast, but that dies off about 30 minutes to an hour in when we put the kids to bed. Thanks for your patience. Episode 2 When last we left you, you had had your assorted prologues with Phileas Fogg, Maxwell von Braun, and Elsa von Braun. I'm right on theme tonight. And then the caption comes up as 1898-present day. fancy to do that the, that the Royal Academy of Science have every year. Um, their annual New Year's Eve bash is for um, friends, is for members of the Academy, friends, associates, other peons, etc. Et They're better be prepared as well. There is dancing, drinking, fine dinners, etc, etc, etc. You are all here. Um, the man responsible for bringing many of you here is Dr. Anthony Moreau, the wheelchair-bound chemist. Um, thank you for helping me. That looks like Jude Law. It looks like Jude Law. Damn it, why am I not playing a young character? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there's still time. No, my you've, husband will see me. You've got zero charisma. You're better than some of the members of the party. <laughs> Most of them are also guys, so there's that. So, Dr. Moreau is a member of the Royal Academy of Science. Um, and is here on a very helpful I can take him if you're having trouble with him. He's certainly loud and annoying. I'm sure he would love to fly to Mum. 
how he stopped. Mm-hmm. I'll just hold him like this all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> be a good isometric workout. Yeah. Just pretend he's a good mate. Hello, You know what you're meant to do with grenades, right? Throw them at other people? Okay, sure. <laughs> what would you think? Um, <laughs> pull the pin out? <laughs> I imagine she was thinking put the pin back in. Uh-huh. Yeah, that works. Um, <coughs> anyway, so Dr. Anthony Moreau is here under his own steam and under his own invitation as a member of the Royal Academy of Science. Uh, and... Well, forgive me if I forget people's names. Doctor Strange, yes. Doctor Amanda <laughs> Strange, is here under her own invitation as a member of the Academy of Maxwell. Science. Um, Maxwell, uh, sorry, um, Thomas has not been invited. He um, has been invited. He, he doesn't receive a formal invitation anymore. You have you have complained, but you you what you tend to get is. Um, is, is, you know, Dr. Amanda Strange plus guest. <laughs> so you bring him as your guest. Well. Um, your actual guest for the evening, who is, who is bogarting off your ticket, is Jonathan. <laughs> um, so, Jonathan, you are, by, you, you are in England, um, mooching off your dear aunt. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> And you have a lot of money, and he's. I know it's just mooching. And and probably in need of leaving England with some sort of vague rapidity, given that somebody is doubtlessly chasing you for something. The details of which you're welcome to feed feed me if you so desire. Okay, so I I assume you're at the academy dinner because you like fine food, dancing, nice woman, etc., etc., etc. Dr. Moreau's, uh, his, his, I guess it would be his apprentice, um, and what are your names? Mara. Mara. His apprentice, Mara, um, and I think you, would you be more his associate, Jeremy, than his apprentice? <coughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess associate, yeah. yeah. But are, you a, are you a member of the Royal Academy of Science yourself? Uh, you could well be. You, I, are, you I, actually have science points in science, don't you? I think I, I used to be, and then I got kicked out. <laughs> yeah. wow. you, you, you've now been thrown out of the full society and the Royal Academy of Science. <laughs> At this point, I, in my head, Jeremy says, well, not just those places, other places also. <laughs> um, don't forget the Swiss clock makes gold. Why do you deal with that water clock? Bernard, you were pretty much here as Doctor Strange's employee, just kind of floating in the background. Um, and Pete, you've just kind of shown up with because, the second because I have. you have this invitation that, that you found several days ago in, in, in America. I'm wearing a suit, however, related to camouflage myself. An ill-fitting suit? No, actually, it fits pretty well. Except for the tie, which you keep having to adjust. Cause yeah, I probably fiddle with the tie a little bit. Yeah. Also, I uh, I do have this toolbox, big enough for a very large wrench. Oh, no. <laughs> because you never know. Oh. 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 oh, I'm holding a baby, but I'm clapping in my head. <laughs> no, for, those who, for those who can't see, Grant is wearing a stylish black bow tie. <laughs> very, very elegant. Also, um, yeah, no, I was going to say... Um, the, um, one of the mad scientists in one of my comic strips has to explain why she didn't ever finish her doctorate at Reed College and it was like, first let me explain that Reed is one of the only colleges in America with its own working nuclear reactor and the other guy says, say no more 
That's what I'm thinking Jeremy's university experience was like. Yeah, it's, it's either Butler or Chippendale's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on which one you're going. You never give that to Steve. <laughs> I think as, as long as your shirt remains on, it's Butler. <laughs> I'm ready to change words of it. When I call for a persuasion check, then Bernard <laughs> Well, persuasion's the disguise skill. So I take my shirt off, disguise myself as a Chippendale dancer. Nobody sees the Chippendale dancer, that's not right. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone sees the Chippendale dancer, no but no one thinks them. of anything else. Yeah. Yeah, no one suspects the Chippendale dancer. You're the distraction. Yeah. <laughs> that's what your abilities are. It's actually, it's actually <laughs> fascinating. No fascinating one rather than put down for two seconds. <laughs> Yeah, somebody likes to be upright. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he likes much of anything. <laughs> grumpy bunny tonight. So, you are here at this dinner, mulling around. Um, this is my large toolbox. Fog <laughs> <laughs> is a is a known member of the academy in good standing. Um, his association with with Maxwell and Elsa is not necessarily known to everyone yet. Um, and in any event, none of the three of them appear to be here yet. Yeah. Um, this is quite a big to-do, though. You're talking several hundred people. Yeah. So you can only be milling about. Um, Pete will have staked out the premises, discovered that neither Alex Well nor Phileas is there, and then probably gone over to talk to Jonathan, who's yeah. like the one guy I know at the Sarai thing. Yeah, you're one of the only two people I know here. Yeah. <laughs> three. Oh, three. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, if you know the cat. Does anybody shorten your name? Like, do people call you John or Johnny? They can. There's Johnny. If they're brisk, you know, manly buddies. <laughs> yeah. If they're paid for the tricks, yes. I'd probably call you Jonathan. Because <laughs> that's yeah. what you call, like, family members. I don't think Pete would call too many people by their full proper names, necessarily. Actually, I need to look at the next you wouldn't call him John either, because that's more of an Australian thing. Yeah. John. John. Please don't. No one's calling my character John. <laughs> Not unless they want a, f- a baseball, baseball of shooting dice. <laughs> Not unless they want to experience the marksman stand up from very far away, because Jonathan doesn't do close and personal. <laughs> um, anyway, so you are all here at this to do. Um, up to you whether you want to have sort of met up beforehand or whether you want to meet up in character style of thing. Well, I think our characters would have... Well, we, we can do it in character if you... We can do it uh, hooking up at the ball. We, we will be at the ball talking. We can do it in character if you want. Do you want to? Yeah. So there, right. there's, of course, the very elegant, like, English classical music. There's a, a, a little actual orchestra here playing in the background. <laughs> on the violin. Yeah. Pete will come over and um, clap John, uh, cl- clap John on the back, <laughs> um, but Pete. but um, in a in a restrained manner so he doesn't pitch you halfway across the room. John, my buddy, it's great to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. I haven't seen you since that car dig. How have you been? Okay. It all went wrong with the mummies. Why are there always mummies? <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't, I, I, I don't know what it is about you and those mummies, but right. it, it doesn't seem like you can't, you can't lift a pit without them swarming out of the dig. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I must be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I stole that cursed artifact. 
Well, don't let you bring. Don't let bring you down. Let's get us some of them class, classy looking canapé thingies over there. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a French word. You can't. This is really yeah. pronounced a hundred percent. You, you really should have taken the curse seriously. The artifact says you will be plagued forever by mummies. <laughs> what a stupid curse. What the... Who was that? John, what was that right bastard you were telling me about? Out Bog? Yeah. What was his... What was his... First Bog? Yeah, that sounds like it must have been it. Was he, like, Pratt with a, a really yes. curvy mustache? <laughs> yes, he was. I hate him too. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I guess we'll just keep a lee eye. Pardon me, you hear from behind you. And as you look round, you have to look down slightly and you see a man in a wheelchair. Just, did I just hear you mention Phileas Fogg? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The annoying mustache character. Weedy little man. Looks like, looks, like, looks like he couldn't be a proper man if it killed him. Yeah, you see, well, he's got the very classic reserved English face. You see his lip, like, curl slightly as he starts to snicker a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, that, that, might be des- that might be described as bad. Uh, you have oh, a... Sort of a sissy thing going on. from everyone. He sort of looks you up and down for a moment. He's up. You must be John. You must be Jonathan Hannah, yes. uh, Amanda's nephew. Yes. Oh, pleasure to meet you, sir. And, and I'm Doctor. Anf- I'm Doctor Anthony Moreau. I'm one of the members here. This, oh, this is Pete. Pete Morrison. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Any relation to the man who will be president <laughs> for forty years? Unsurprisingly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't ask that. Uh, uh, no, actually, he is a time traveller. Okay. Well, all right. Well, if he's yeah. asking, yeah. I know what he's talking about. Spoiler alert. <laughs> He, he actually looks at you for a moment at this. He says, Any relation to Stu Morrison? And you've like just heard several days ago that you've now got a distant nephew style of thing who's, who's three or four days old. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I've got a little nephew called Stu, but I don't think he, I mean, he, I mean, really little. I don't think he can be what you're, the one you're talking about. Oh, of, of course. He, he glances over his shoulder to sort of the girl next to him and then his shake, gives this little shake. I must be confused again. Um, he says, let, let me introduce, let me introduce you. This is my apprentice, whose name the GM has forgotten again. Mara. Mara. Thank you. It's the fact that you have multiple names that's confusing. It's a very English thing to do. Yes. Yeah, but you, you only have to focus on the, the one of them. But oh, I mean, although admittedly he has to. Well, it's the introduction, so you might as well say a full name. Uh, this is my apprentice, Mara Priscilla Memorial. Hello, little Mara. You're, uh, you're, you're young to be a scientist, aren't you? <laughs> I found that intelligence is not necessarily dictated by age. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I just... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> and my other associate, Mr... I, you know, you, you wouldn't be doctor anything because you could actually never finish a degree. <laughs> no. Mr. He, he, he think, actually thinks about this for a Mr. Jeremy Wright, a highly renowned stops from intellect. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, uh, I, I don't like oh. to touch oh. um, other people, but oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that. Uh, that um, <laughs> 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 
The conversation just trails off awkwardly. <laughs> if you don't have a table, why don't you join us? We're dining with, with Dr. Amanda Strange, the famous occult expert. Uh, my, my aunt. Oh. Yes. oh, yes, I think um, I've heard Jonathan mention her. You should come meet her. Come meet her. Did, do, you, do you guys know her? Or should I introduce you? Um, I'm the character. I know her through yes. Dalton and I. Yes. Yeah, you and Jeremy have probably met her for the same reason through Moreau. Yeah, she's always trying to give me these half little candies. She does that. She does that. <laughs> well, they're just what the cat hawks are. <laughs> I did them for you or did them for me. <laughs> I think that's the question. You, you probably have You don't have to realistically re- reply the hairball thing, sweetie. I know you want to, but everyone can just imagine the cat hawks up stuff. No one needs to actually see you impersonate the cat hawking stuff up. My cat does not hawk anything up. You, you might eat the best cat food. You might only the best. <laughs> Actually, um, Persians do usually have a real hairball problem. It's the hair. <laughs> it's the fur, even if they're brushed daily. I know. And so he takes you over to the table um, where you will see another woman it's sitting so with this white Persian cat, um, who he will introduce as Dr. Amanda Strange. Um, Bernard, he, he will actually introduce her, her butler, Bernard Pendlebury, who is not sitting at the table. I imagine he's just sort of hovering slightly in the background. Kind yeah, because the cat's in his seat. Uh, people, okay. people, yeah. people go on for a handshake with Amanda and then endeavor to shake Bernard's hand as well. Oh, Master, um, Master Hannah. Hannah, that's right. Master Hannah, wonderful. And I see you've um, caught your American friend. That's just that's just gonna be your character, isn't it? You're the American. Yeah, yeah. You know when people say that Americans are really loud and and, and get in everybody's personal business and don't appreciate talk talk slower. (laughs) (laughs) That's gonna be me. (laughs) And you tomorrow? Oh, my name is uh, uh, Jeremy Wright. Um, Nice to meet you. Mara Persilla Vibio. I'm the doctor, the professor's assistant. Of course you are. I need the back. <laughs> yeah, like you, you'd have heard the name before in conversation several times, just wouldn't have connected to <laughs> Just very little for a She shrunk. <laughs> she is a shrunk adult. Anyway, pleasure to make your acquaintance, Dr. Strange. Um, pleasure. Um, um, so, Mr. Morrison. Uh, people call me Pete, mostly. He's sitting um, firmly planted on the table. Peter? No, Pete, generally, but uh, I guess you're welcome to, to call me Peter. I like him. He looks strong. He does look rather strong. He'll, he'll be a fine member of the team, I'd there, say. There is a cat, like, sitting in an occupied seat. <laughs> she, she's looking down at the cat. It's going to lean woods and goes around and around, and then she starts talking to it. Yeah. <laughs> any time that, um, the, any time you're not, pat, you're not actually looking at the cat, Nara's stealthily trying to pat the cat. And, and you don't need to be stealthy about it. And Moreau sort of looks at the cat. patting a cat is rather childish. She's a, she's a, why not stay the adults? Moreau sort of looks at the t- looks at Pete and Jonathan as he um, as as he sees you looking at her talking to the cat and just gives this little nod, of, uh, this little shake of you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't, then looks at Jeremy and. <laughs> 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 
So, um, T, some kind of some kind of um, mission. Sorry, did you say team? Did you say T or yeah, team? Team. Team. Because because you, you just said he'll be a fine member of the team to the cat, and without touching the cat thing, I'm I'm trying to find out what you're talking about. Uh, I I I assume that he received an invite along with. with uh, what? I, I received an invite to this here shindig. Yeah, look, I've got a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I promise. Uh, that was the um, only invite. But um, my apologies, good sir. We we we. we, 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 we okay. I hope you enjoy your dinner. Okay, sweetheart. Well, I think it might be bedtime now for little girls. Okay, so you guys have been chatting amongst yourselves. Um as there has been dinner going on. This is a relatively fine dining experience to anyone of resources of D4. A, a relatively nice dining experience to anyone of resources of D6. And slightly below your standards for anyone of resources of D8. <laughs> <laughs> very, very nice dining experience coming up. It looks amazing over there, sweetie. Wow. Kitchen? Yeah. Oh, right, yes. Tidied up. Sorry, I wasn't sure which sweetie you were referencing, an in-game character or... <laughs> yeah, I don't think Pete calls people sweetie somehow. Oh, no. maybe he does. I don't know. N- n- no. no. Not, not anymore. Not since you broke his heart. <laughs> and on that note, can everyone give me a notice check? At minus two. Yeah, you can have some of mine. Mine. Do you need Zero. <laughs> Oh, do, we need, do we need to get you on the shame set, do we? The shame set? Yeah, we've got a shame set. Do you want to go and get you the shame set? <laughs> Why is it the shame Why? set? He'll see. You're in the shoving seat tonight. Yeah, every time I come past. Um, what's my notice? Uh, nothing. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a deep in minus two. Even notice. So minus it's additional two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's minus an additional yeah. two. So yeah. nine minus seven minus two five. No, 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 I was talking about his because oh, he was D4 versus 2. Right, yeah. No, so everyone, everyone two gets a minus 2, but he's got an extra minus 2. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What's wrong with this? They're uh, full of shame. The, the cheap, relatively ugly ones that I picked up for like 5 bucks in a post shop and a really bad tube, but they're perfect for like spare, D, spare D20 sets. Oh, he needs to have an extra wild dice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Wild dice. Okay, I failed that. I, Pete makes it despite being untrained and notice. Mm-hmm. I got five. So he takes a minus four and still makes the check. So Pete and Mara, you at, at some point um, you've sat around, you've had this nice dinner. You're sort of mulling vaguely in the area of the table, you know, mate. With you two, I doubt you're up dancing, but maybe. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, people admire the pretty girls, but you know. Across the room, there is sort of a, a sad kind there, of there is sort of a large collection of well-to-do gentlemen. Most of the gentlemen here are in very classic English tuxedo suit style of thing. A large collection of gentlemen. You hear, ah, ah, capital, sir, capital, capital, and you look around, see this particularly large group, and look a little closer. And in the centre of them, um, there are two people. Um, one of them is drawing the eye of uh, several men in the room. Um, the very attractive Elsa von Braun. What is she merely Oh damn, what's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Looking up to this test to see how she how attractive she is. Yes, well, because yeah. because you can you can tell this looking at her. But she is in fact very attractive. Yeah. Oh well. So she's got full charisma. 
Pete doesn't need to look at stat book. Pete knows. Um, <laughs> and with her, and and she is hanging on the dressed in a, in a very nice evening dress, and she is hanging on the arm of Phileas Fogg, <laughs> who is dressed not in the same sort of tuxedo suit as everyone else. He has to stand out. He is in his trademark sort of blue blue, blue silk finery here. Uh, and you see them across the room, and Fogg is basically talking to this group of men. Um, <coughs> without a raise on the check, you can't pick up what he's saying, but he's clearly commanding their attention somewhat, and Elsa is sort of draped in the very classic um, trophy girlfriend style pose across his arm, one hand on his shoulder, looking up at him. Oh, gross. So, um, the downgraded girl. The, um, <coughs> a question about the Centurions versus the Royal Society. Yes. Um, as a, well, more or less, as a centurion... Yep. Um, this is this is, this is is common knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how does the Royal Society fit in with the centurions? Okay, so the Royal Academy of Science are a legitimate English, pri- primarily English organisation, um, or, or at least they are founded in England, they are now spread across the world, but the home base and about 80% of the members remain English. Yeah. Um, the qualification is basically you need to be a scientist of yep. some sort, which you are obviously is not. not. Yeah, um, quite emphatically not. And they they say. are an openly known, legitimate organisation. Right. Um, what is less known to the common man on the street um, is the Century Club, uh, the group of centurions who are essentially the Freemason style of thing. They are a secret society across the world. Um, they're, they're secret, <laughs> but they're not very secret. Yeah. You, you know, you. <laughs> got vague oaths to not discuss them at great lengths, but it's yeah. not like their existence is a terrible secret, they just yeah. don't advertise. Um, by tradition, because their original founder was the head of the Royal Academy of Science, because they are also an English based English England, the yeah. cradle of civilization, they're also an English based society. Yeah. Um, now with many more members spread out across the world in all fields. Um, yeah. The royal head of the Royal Academy of Science is also the head of the Centurions. Sweet. So the thing is, I'd be familiar with the Royal Academy f- prior to picking up this invocation, but I wouldn't be a member because I'm not a scientist. Yep. Being a cent- one doesn't follow the other. Yes. Being a Centurion doesn't mean you're a member of the Royal Academy. No, it does not. And vice versa is also true. Yeah. Some of the members of the Academy we will are also not be Centurions. centurions. Um, you may or may not be aware that Moreau is also one. Yep. Um, I think probably, you know, it might have come up in conversation at this point, but yeah. I wouldn't have just recognised him off the bat. Yeah. I'm, I'm more familiar you, with you the... Might, you might know abstractly, but it's not a, like you know every member. You're yeah. talking several hundred people across the world. Yeah, I, I, I mostly know, like, people in the American branch or people I've personally yeah, adventured I've, with. I've, I've dropped the original concept I had for it, which was the top 100 skilled people on the planet. Now yeah. it's, it's about several hundred worldwide. Yeah. Sweet, cool. That's what I need before I, you know, engage in combat with Fogg. Any kind of combat with I was thinking social combat. And and then, and then you see it <laughs> across the room. All right, yep. You hear one of the gentlemen, oh, Phileas, 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 I simply cannot believe it. And, and you know, here, and, and, such a lo- and such a lovely lady you have there, and Phileas says something slightly more quietly. The gentleman talking to him is very noxiously loud. And he, <laughs> And you hear, ah, ha, ha, from Elsa. Literally that. Ah, ha, ha, she says. Oh, well. I shouldn't go over there. Pete says, standing up, <laughs> pushing back his chair. Are you cautious or curious? I'm Did neither. You, right. 
<laughs> just like one would force you to do it, one would force you not to do it. Kind yeah, of thing. but the thing is, I mean, why did I come to this party if it wasn't yeah. to see them again? I mean, it's a stupid idea, but so you ponder this, and, and yeah, I, I'm like Pete stands up and then stands round and constantly reflecting that he can't beat Fog up unless Fog starts it. In reality, Fog's just going to go be supercilious again. Yeah. So he actually stands up. And then stares mournfully at Elsa. It divides. It stares mournfully at Elsa in a clod-like, standing around in kind of a clod-like manner for a moment. So this will be really obvious to the table, so everyone can, you know, spot. Probably yep. also by now here, Phileas themselves. I, I know he's a cad. It's a nice way of saying it. Don't don't do anything here. I, it's just don't lower yourself to his level. It's. Is everything quite all right, young, young man? Uh, sorry, ma'am. I, I just, uh, uh, you're right, John. There's, there's, there's nothing I can do. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Says a man from up around the podium, and the room sort of shushes and looks around at him. Um, and it. <laughs> Everyone except Pete has the, the promptly the background to uh, recognise this and the common knowledge. Um, to recognise the man that is stepping up to the podium, um, he is a much older gentleman. Now he, he must be pushing at least at least 80, maybe 90. Um, a sort of quite wavering old, very dapper English-looking man walking a little stiffly, on, walking a little shakily on a cane. Um, Sir Andrew Simmons, the head of the Royal Academy of Science. And also the head of the Centurions. Yes. Pete would probably know that. Yes, although it does qualify as common knowledge that's outside of America. I, I so you like, are rolling at a penalty. Yes, but I would like to... But I would like, but yes, my, you'd, you'd also get a bonus by virtue of the fact that he's a Centurion. And my common knowledge is actually a D6 because I have smarts, so it's a, minor, it's a D6 minus 2, not a D4 minus 2. You didn't go for the true, the truly, the truly squared your hero and take D four smart. <laughs> no, no, wisely so. No, Pete isn't dumb. Yep. He just doesn't. He's just only fools here. take D fours in Severed Worlds. He says, looking at various fools. Who here didn't? That wasn't Pete. Who here hasn't dropped a stair? I dropped a. I dropped uh, a. Jelly. I dropped two. John, I dropped two. Jonathan. Really drop anything? Yeah, yeah. No D fours, no D fours. I dropped two because I needed to. Two D fours, two D fours. One D four, two D fours. Two D fours. Wow, people who drop <laughs> drop with a vengeance. <laughs> my problem is I'm elderly, so it costs me a lot of money to put yeah, yeah, no, 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 I get one less because I'm young. Yeah, if you change your mind about dropping one of those physical stats, it's going to be very difficult to change. Yeah. Well, it strengths the one that you still got down to the D4. Yeah, I can bring my agility up if I need to. Yeah, which it, it just, um, it's not like Lady Amanda Strange is going to be stepping in to beat people with a lot of... No, no, it does, it does effectively represent the elderly. And it, she needs someone to carry things, which is why she has a butler. <laughs> with a magical luggage, no less. <laughs> For the cat food. Mm-hmm. So all of the cat food. So Andrew <laughs> Simmons. Well, I mean, realistically, how would you feed your cat if he was your husband? Yeah, anyway. Yep. Wow, that, there's a scene waiting to happen there. Isn't there? <laughs> I'm sure there is. <laughs> to be honest, we probably 
see this during dinner. Like, are you cutting up like bits of the fish you're being served, just sort of putting them on his chair, kind of thing? Well, or, do, or actually putting them on the table. At the well, that's what I was saying. He's probably on the table eating off a plate, just yeah. like everyone else. He's, he's, I'm, he's I'm got the food I don't like. From my the waiters keep looking at. You. <laughs> But no one's going to say anything because they all know who you are and that you're a member in good standing. And, and a very wealthy member. I would imagine yeah. the waiters would actually just start the situation. Up. It's only temporary. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finding a way to bring him back to his human form. It'll, it'll, it'll be fine. And Sir Andrew Simmons quavers up on his walking <laughs> stick. And <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, guests and valued members of the Royal Academy of Science... In a few short hours, it will be the beginnings of 1899, and we will be but one year away from the 20th century. I am looking forward to the future, and it is the future that I have come here tonight to address. And he starts in with a speech that goes on for about 15 minutes or so, um, talking about the, the amazing scientific discoveries that have been made over the last hundred years, and the sort of amazing things that he expects to see over the next hundred years. He credits the people he's working with for, you know, being great scientists, discoverers, and all this sort of thing. Depending on your actual interest in science, this may or may not lose you at any point. He's a reasonably good orator. Yeah. Um, and as he is approaching this village, he says, and I have so enjoyed seeing the vast majority of this century... But with my years advancing, I think it is unlikely I will see much of the next one. And so I have decided it is time to step down from my position as the head of the Royal Academy of Science and make way for the next generation. And he pauses and there's a little hubbub from the crowd as people immediately go, ooh, position vacant. So, <laughs> um, I shall look forward to seeing the innovations created in my wake. Should I make it to 1900, I shall step down. But I would advise you all to consider who would make an excellent head of the Academy, Royal Academy of Science over these next coming months. In fact, I believe that one gentleman has already thrown his hat in the ring. Let us give a warm round of applause for Lord Phileas Fogg. And there is indeed enthusiastic applause coming from all around the room and then we see your table. <laughs> My <laughs> eye is twitching. Bernard sort of politely slowed back. <laughs> yeah. um, I stop enjoying my food. Pete's response of not that bastard is perhaps <laughs> yeah. not entirely inaudible to surrounding tables. And Phileas <laughs> language drives up to the how podium. It is. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, kid. He's a real son of a bitch. That's my mother. <laughs> That's my mother you're talking about there. So. <clears throat> I, I assume, incidentally, that your parents have probably died in the in the intervening style of thing. Um, or or, or, or were dead beforehand, even. You're, probably. You're, uh, maybe they were on your deathbed when he tried to kill me so that yeah, he wouldn't hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, both of them, you know, getting on and, and sick style of thing. And you knew it was coming at some point in the next couple of months style of thing. Yeah. And of course. And, they, and, the, and thus, it needed to be timely. <laughs> yes. yes, and how unfortunate that the elder brother of the House of Fog died tragically before them leaving it all to Billy. 
And in fact, he strides up. Um, strides or struts? Strides. Um, he has his his top hat on, takes it off as a gentleman should, you know, places it down, and smiles out of the room. probably bring you closer and um, get um, you to kneel down beside me so that Pete can get you. Pete gets into a deep <laughs> Oh yeah, there'll be a seat that will be free because the cat's on the table. <laughs> looks, looks around the room. Looks around the I'm room sorry. quite smugly, um, and the eyes almost seem to pause for a moment at your table as they go over various people. Um, Pete attempts to glare Phileas to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where am I? Oh, here I am. Lord Phileas Fogg is to find his voice again. It always comes quite swimmingly. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished members of the Royal Academy of Science, Sir Andrew Simmons, he gives a little bow to him, thank you for those kind words. As you doubtlessly know, it has been over 20 years since I accomplished my remarkable and quite amazing journey around the world in 80 days, and I know that several of you are wondering whether the jewel tragedy of losing my parents and losing my dearest elder brother James will have slowed me up. And the answer is, it has not. Despite these adversities, I have managed to advance my scientific career, my my political career, and other matters, and other matters in my life, and his gaze goes across the crowd. And only Pete's pleasure. really got the context to pick up him looking at Elsa and giving the little smile there. Yeah. Um, Pete's doing this, and he does this with a bit more force. <laughs> I, I know, I know. You have been wondering how I could possibly top my amazing accomplishment. And I have been speaking to some of the members of the Distinguished Academy of Science this evening. And, well, it is a certain thing that I am highly qualified to assume the position of the head of the Royal Academy of Science, there's a little bit more from the crowd at this point. Yeah. Um, it's just, I have, however, come up with a feat of daring and challenge to top even my previous feat of daring and challenge. For now, any fool can cross the world in 80 days. But to not cross it, but visit everywhere of note in the world. Within a year... That would be quite the feat, to go beyond railways, beyond dirigibles, beyond where the automobile can take one. That would be a feat to accomplish, let us say, any seven destinations across the world. By the time, within a year, would that not be a feat worthy of the Royal Academy of Science? And there's a lot of... And, you know, some... Pete, Pete pauses and is punching as he's actually kind of thinking about this. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Some, 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 pretty mind-blowing. some wag in the crowd calls out, What about New Zealand? Even such a far-flung and savage country could be visited. Oh, my <laughs> like gosh. <laughs> I suck. I would like to announce that I will be spending next year taking this up. And when I come back victorious, and there's there's lots of hubbub because there's media here as well, yeah. people with cameras and things like flash, flash, flash. Oh, there's media here. Yes, <laughs> so that yes. Would be awkward. yes. And he says, I would once I have completed this great journey. 
I would like to announce that once I, oh, sorry, once I have completed this great journey, I am sure I will be in strong consideration for the head of the Royal Academy of Science. And Pete, there's a lot more positive hubbub from the crowd. You see Sir Andrew Simmons nodding at this and whispering to one of his aides who is taking notes. Um, and this is and I look forward to seeing I look forward to seeing you again at this time at next year's banquet to revel in my victory. <clears throat> but on a small personal note, I would like to announce and he gestures a hand down from the crowd and Elsa comes forward, takes his hand and pulls her up on stage. My engagement. Alright, um you and I will be sitting next to each other. Yep. So um, Pete's plate goes clattering to the floor at this point as he sweeps he sweeps his arm forward in a physical motion. His other arm is clearly being weighed down by the small Englishman, <laughs> and um, because I'm not that big, he's actually yeah. doing a moderately successful job of weighing yeah. me down. I imagine Bernard catches the glass. <laughs> the table, wow, where are you sitting on the table versus? It doesn't matter. He has butler powers. <laughs> yeah, he he's a super butler. He's on the other end of the table, looking after, uh, giving Tom, Tom a little brush, and then suddenly he's yeah, there. Somehow, <laughs> there and, catches the glass. and Tom's sitting on the chair, and like, <laughs> where did the butler go? That that white bar- that bastard. He can't. This is not super quiet. Yeah. Fog is not currently speaking, notice there's a bit of moderate hubbub. You actually yeah. can hear around some kind of lucky man style thing as they, mm. they admire her I figure can't. in this dress. I, I know, he's, he's, a, he's a terrible person. Uh, and the Academy, he can't. No, I agree, he can't. Elsa stands up um, next to Fog and sort of leans over slightly to the podium. She says, I am delighted to be. I am delighted to become becoming the bride of such a great man as Mr. Phileas Fogg. After his great efforts to reunite me with my long lost brother, I have fallen. Your English expression is head over heels, madly in love with him. For how could I not with such a great man? And. And her brother Maxwell is here as well. Maxwell, dear man, do come up on stage. Glass down on the table. <laughs> and you see, she stands up actually. You yeah. see, very quietly coming out of the crowd, um, dressed in a tuxedo. He looks a little uncomfortable in Maxwell von Braun. Uh, he, he's you know a good ten, ten odd years older than when you last saw him, but it's clearly the same man. And he said, "Maxwell, Maxwell, come on up here, Maxwell." Shakes his head, yeah. his hands. No, do come forward, Miss um, Young Braun. I would like to see you. I have not seen you in some time. Elsa leans down, gives him a hand, pulls him up on stage, and he leans up. Yeah, I will be assisting here to fog with his journey around the world. Uh, that is all I wish to say at this time. And he steps back to the background style of thing. She's watching him as he's moving. <laughs> I don't know if she if he watching him? Yeah, but... he's I'm watching him like so it's my eyes kind of twitching. <laughs> well, I think I think, no, no. Um, I think probably the people will now yeah. be looking at our table because they're, they're, I mean not Bernard, because Bernard's incredibly yeah, you, understanding. You are starting to draw attention. Yeah. Fog <laughs> smiles again and he says Well, since I will do 
what no other man what since I will do what no other man on earth could do and he squeezes Elsa around the waist I will look forward to being your royal academy of science and Moreau bangs the table quite loudly at this point he says you haven't won it yet and Phileas looks with who is going to stop me old boy you you're damn right I will anything you can do uh, anything you can do any other man on earth can do really you are going to travel around the world are you you are going to visit these seven destinations I have in mind I should like to see that he won't need to I'll do it in his place and there's oh, ah, you know, and and a bit of hubbub, this, and then generally a little round of applause for everyone. They're floor daring and dashing here and that sort of thing. And fog looks. I will sink it. Is this what it has come to, Anthony? Sending a little girl to do a man's job. What's a, what's the matter, Paul? Afraid of being beaten by a ten-year-old girl? Oh, I'll be damn well. She's a savage ten-year-old girl. <laughs> you won't have to do it alone, kid. I'll come with you. Sounds sounds amazing. <laughs> and I will I will support with my resources. That'd be. I I will come too. You might need my help. Yeah. Bloody good. Um, resources? Yes, yes. Um, I'll come as well. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> it's decided then. A race. And Maxwell leans in and whispers something to Fog, and Fog just kind of blows him off entirely. Um, <laughs> very well. If you wish to be humiliated as well as merely beaten, how can I say no? I shall leave it to Sir Simmons to come up with the particulars, but. I shall look forward to seeing you back here again next year in second place. Or not, depending on how delayed one becomes. He smiles and says, ooh, the crowd. Sir, Sir Andrew Simmons quavers up again. In the spirit of adventure and daring that has made the Royal Academy of Science and other such organizations great, I look forward to seeing a fair-minded and equitable contest from both parties, I will be. I will speak to you both. I will speak to you both later, gentlemen. But for now, let us ring in the new year. <sighs> and fog steps off the stage. And those who actually keep an eye on him will see he, Maxwell, and Elsa make their exit stage left. You know, shaking a few hands on the way out, yeah. and within five minutes are gone from the party altogether. Yeah. My character's been standing the whole entire time fuming. I <laughs> like him. <laughs> no, we, we, we shall have a word with him later on. Oh, well spoken, kid. That's the stuff. I'm doing the, the old stuff. lady. You've got to <laughs> uh, no mistake. Auntie, it's okay. Thank you. Sit down, calm down. That young man, he is the man who caused my husband to I, turn into a cat. I, I know. No. Your people like some attention with you. What has he? What, what has happened? Has he? Has he spoiled some of his food onto your suit? <coughs> <coughs> oh, 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 oh! Come over here! Come over here! Here's, here's a. No. Bernard didn't in the fish quite properly. Oh, I'll, I'll have to have a word with him later on. Then I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're also the butler to the cat. <laughs> I can't maybe her major hindrance, but I sense he's going to be dumped at the table. I, 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 I turn to the t- table and say, 
I'm sorry for dragging you all into this, but I cannot stand that smug popinjay any amount of satisfaction. No, 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 no. It's um, it was, it was, it was very well spoken, and he's. If we can, <laughs> if we can prove that he lies and cheats and steals to make his way, probably murders too. Oh. Then I'm there. It's, it's, and it's, the, it's the, not just personal matters, it's it's the Royal Academy, it's it's important who who heads the Academy you know, it, it really makes a difference I think Dr. Moreau would make an excellent uh, candidate for this position surely we cannot allow Phileas to f- fill it. We can't leave the future to fog no. No. No, we can't. No, it's 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 for the good of the, it's for the good of the world. It's not just about whatever personal grudges we may have against <laughs> the pompous little individual. His eyes on you as he says individual, so he's clearly <laughs> sensing the square words so he was. Yes, yes, yeah, Morrow's been sitting at your table having dinner with you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he Sorry, I thought he, I, yeah. I thought he, okay. No, oh, he's, cool. he's been at your table having dinner. He just yeah, okay. it was quiet because he didn't PC and the GM left the room. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you very much for this. I, I agree with you very much that fog must be stopped for any number of reasons. And he, he wheels very slightly back from the table and looks at his legs, sadly. And looks at Mara. Unfortunately, I fear I would be much more hindrance than help on a world such a world journey. I can understand how that might be, Professor, but um, I, I'm really glad you spoke up when you did. I um, I was a bit stunned myself, and if you and if you and little Mara hadn't spoken up, up the prat might have gotten away with it. If you are committed to this course of action, then there is something you should know. And he sort of does the you know huddle in, huddle in gesture, drops his voice lower. I'll put the kitty cat in the middle of the table <laughs> so it can be part. The cat's ears perk up, and he looks at Mara. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you'll observe, like, the cat is comparatively intelligent for a cat. Like, it clearly has some understanding of what's going on around it, but it, it's still a cat. <laughs> you know, it's fussy and it's, it's demanding, and it's a, a very pampered, pampered cat. <laughs> the cat lives better than Tom you. Tom knows if you get away with it, okay? Who has the Perhaps you spoke too soon about not being a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I apologise for not devaluing a fish correctly. So my eyesight is failing me. This is our girl. It's quite all right. We we all make our mistakes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I think you're just gonna. I think you're just gonna need to suck it up. Your character. I mean, if you didn't want this kind of shiz, you shouldn't be a butler. Basically. Yeah, exactly. You, now, Grant, you've seen butlers played in the other campaigns. You know how this works. In fact, you employ. Considering in the other game, you're his employer. You know exactly how it works. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Moreau sort of drops his voice and huddles everyone in and says, "You should be aware that there is an organization." associated with the Royal Academy of Science 
No one is the Century Club. I am a member, as is Pete, as is Pete here. They are a group of extraordinary people from around the globe, a semi-secret society, a group that has existed for centuries. Even I don't know all of the details, but they've used their skills, their finances, their influence to support scholarship, science, exploration, the general betterment of humanity. Their head, by law and tradition of the Century Club, is the same as the head of the Royal Academy. When Sir Simmons steps down, both positions will be open. Whomever fills one will fill the other. Phileas will not only gain aggrandizement here as the head of the Academy of Science, he will gain untold authority over an organization whose influence stretches around the world with resources and with some resources and influence in almost every government everywhere. I do not know Maxwell von Braun as well as you do, Dr. Strange, his head slightly. But from what you have told me of him, I have no reason to believe it would be good for him to have his hand in the pocket of a man with such influence either. What? Alas, the... I understood the House of Fog to be a fairly noble line before Phileas came along. I know the Century Club had considered his elder brother, but alas, the tragic, the tragedy, the tragic fire that took his life. Oh, what a shame about what could have been. Tell me, what could have been? <laughs> <laughs> Moreau sort of shakes his head. I, I don't know the details. I understand the House of Fog has been associated with the, cent- with the Century and with the Century Club on and off through the centuries that several members of the house have been members. You haven't known any of this, but it also doesn't terribly surprise you. You know your father was having vaguely secretive meetings with vaguely secretive people, but he had his fingers in a lot of pies, the man of white influence style of thing. <coughs> um, we're looking... I understand that we're looking at James Fogg for, member, for membership, for his father's position to pass along to him but upon his death, Phileas was not deemed a suitable replacement. So he's not a... I, I don't keep much track of the British uh, membership. Uh, he's not He's not a... He's not a member now, then, Professor? Good Lord, no. We have some standards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but... You do? Uh, if you he... have... <laughs> do feel free to say your piece, though. Oh, no, no. No problem at all. Um, just referring to your standards and... You have hired people all over the world, including America. Hired, hired, no. This is a freestanding collection collection of individuals with their own goals who have the betterment of humanity as a general design. It's a... The, um... You know... uh, uh, You know, Professor, that Bert Elsa's a member? He... I wasn't aware, no. It doesn't tremendously surprise me, though. I was told she's a very skilled woman. Do do you understand? I suppose he is wealthy. That can count for a lot. Uh, (laughs) She's sort of looking at Did she sound like a robot when you knew her? No, she... she, No, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. She... There's something wrong with her. I mean, she... She was always desperate to find... Um... 
Yeah. Minus but two because you're not she was actually always interacting with her, you're just watching. She was her. always desperate to find her brother. Oh, okay. um, so I mean, I, I think <laughs> that was why she, you know, left in the left in the first place. So I, 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 I basically found her brother. Her brother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Also, she's not. I mean, how could any woman? Yeah. I mean, with the mus- the moustache alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 he, he, it's just there's got to be. He's got to be up to something. He's got to be up to no good. Oh, this is yeah, actually a table of moustacheless gentlemen, isn't it? Yes. Did you grow a moustache or shave your moustache? I shaved my You shaved your moustache. Moreau doesn't, doesn't have one because he's Jeremy. Oh. Yeah, anyway, I'm not dissing moustaches in Jeremy general. Jeremy doesn't I'm have one displayed by Yarn. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gestured to indicate the prissiness of a moustache. I'm sorry, but the character of Jeremy Ahead just looks like you in sort of more of a lab coat <laughs> after his science bits. <laughs> I'm sorry, I may be catching up, but you knew that strumpet on Ford's arm? Strumpet? Yeah, um, alright. Actually, let me think about it. Um, okay, Pete isn't offended because he doesn't know what strumpet is. <laughs> 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 so, um, there's, there's a slightly blank expression, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we were, um, you know, both members of the Century Club, and we had some... I guess you could say we had some adventures together when we when we were younger, and then she uh, left to go look for her brother, and I well, didn't see her. her um, didn't see her again after that. Yeah, uh, everyone who's not Pete can make an empathy. Stick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you actually probably know this already, John. Yeah, yeah, I think I think um, yeah. pure empathy. Yeah. Like no, 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 Okay, do, you so, su- do you suffer some kind of penalty for empathy? No, I've got... Um, no, empathy's the one social skill he does have. They were dating. <laughs> and, they were, and they were serious. <laughs> and she dumped his ass. Yeah, I, I, actually, I actually sort of assume the point is that Jeremy got screwed over by the Phil Society then effectively spent his next couple of advancements enhancing his empathy <laughs> dice. <laughs> and God damn it, I'm not going to get tricked again. I can imagine him doing it in a very scientific way, like learning micro-expressions. Yes, yes. Lie to me. <laughs> Lie to me again. He's kind of got the opposite thing. <laughs> well, all good adventures must unfortunately come to an end at times. Well, it's, it's I guess it's a matter of biology. She perceives this fog to be a superior male specimen. <laughs> I start fanning myself. What? <laughs> Given what you've seen of fog, and now she's not going to call him Mister. Would you consider him a superior specimen? Well, Technically, he's, it's Lord of Fog. He's so weedy and prissy and sissy and, and the moustache and the there, accent. And there's no doubt. She can't possibly like him. It, it, it's got to be some kind of... It, it's got to be gratitude. That's what it is. She's grateful for him finding her brother. Her, her brother's no good then, Dr. Strange? I, I didn't know very much about him. Um, if, you, if you if you notice the, the condition of my husband is as as luckily in plaster says he is. <laughs> I introduced you Tom. <laughs> right, yeah, the um wow. you know, uh, sorry, your your husband? And I will pet the cat slightly. Wow. Uh, yes. Um it was a few years ago. We were in. Where were we? Uh, Machu Picchu. We were in Machu Picchu. Oh yeah. For some artifacts on resurrection, and 
We were just about to leave with our information, and we were intercepted by him. Oh. He just... He... He destroyed the temple with us in it. I... I barely survived. Ah. Thomas barely survived. I see. I will find a way of breaking this curse. There, there, there must be a way. It, it, it can't be as simple as being in a temple and an explosion. I, I must be overlooking something. Maybe Thomas was holding something at the time. I don't know. I'll, I'll it is so hard to know when the debris was flying everywhere and hitting you on the head. And exactly. So. I'm sure in time, uh, science will find uh, a cure for your condition. I mean, the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm very sorry for your loss, ma'am. It sounds like a terrible tragedy. Thank you for keeping me there. I appreciate it very much. Fishy bit? Of course. (laughs) 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 I I heard that you have been examining scientific methods of longevity of life. Well, I have had uh, some setbacks in in that endeavour. Did not fail your work. (laughs) (laughs) Two plus two equals four. (laughs) It wasn't fog, it was in fact uh, Maxwell. Oh, you probably did it on fog sorted. But uh, at least he didn't murder you. You hear (laughs) Quite. If Fogg is using Maxwell to further his scientific achievements, then Fogg is indeed unsuitable for the position he's trying to claim. He is not a a scientist. No. Yeah, could they still be considered achievements if he didn't actually achieve them? Well, everyone is. He's he's a. He's a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) Young lady, if you ever encounter him, do not trust that man. Do not trust him with anything. And if he he gives you the option of your life or running, then you run. He he is not good on his word. Who were we talking about? Maxwell. It was an option of my life and my paperwork or death. The, the well, same. He was. He is a man of no honor. The same applies to Falk. Just in case you were wondering. Apparently, you could convince anyone else of that fact. Just more. Maybe find a way to do so with this race. It's certainly better than just standing back and letting him have the society and the club. I'd have to. I'd have to quit as a member, but that would be the least of our. If he did win, but that would be the least of the world's problems, I'd say. And it sounds like this Maxwell's just as bad a hat. With your attachment to the female... impediment <laughs> <laughs> to our... Talk endeavor. about people like the bear and other species. again. <laughs> what do you mean, my attachment to her? Well, you... One of his hindrances is that he knows Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Will that goal of trying to mate with her? I do not understand exactly what you were trying to do. But Mr. Morris said, you'll, you'll have to forgive Jeremy. He, have you heard the story of how um, Tarzan was raised by the apes? 
Yes. Jeremy was raised by clockwork. But she is indeed a double-edged sword. She is also a weakness, I'm guessing, to Fogg, who is also enraptured by her. I don't know why, but... Um, oh, oh, she has very really loud yeah, I imagine, I I imagine the very here. attractive was just kind of lost on you. <laughs> I see your point. I'm, I'm guessing a, Jeremy's pretty asexual. If you're looking for uh, yeah, a way guess, to describe yeah. Fogg, or just his you just really associated with woman cat. He probably he doesn't, doesn't have, have the same thing as yeah. alchemy. <laughs> he just doesn't have the same vigor as the American alternatives. Imagine Fog's face attached to the words. Well, I do have a vague <laughs> idea of its meaning, and I, I, I see your point, but still... Well, I, I, I think that's... Cad. Mm. It, it just doesn't... It doesn't quite... It doesn't bring... It doesn't quite perform all of his. If if anyone would like um, more general knowledge on Fog and Co, um, you you can request it. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Um, so can everyone give me a common knowledge check? <laughs> no, he's not American. You take the penalty. No, that's why I deliberately. Um, oh, is, oh, this, is, this a, is this a check for Elsa as well, yeah. or just Fog? Uh, no. just Fog. That's right, I deliberately yeah. didn't know no. anything about yeah. him except that he's dating my girl. Success with a raise. I got a nine as well. I yeah, I, I, I would imagine Bernard would get some kind of bonus <laughs> on <laughs> common knowledge. <laughs> or is your, your memory foggy? <laughs> oh! It's good to be spotty as someone gets. The, the thing is, actually, you you are missing like bits and pieces of background. Probably all because you weren't because you weren't particularly close brothers, and you you no. weren't necessarily hanging yeah. out do with them while he was having do his adventures. Do I know adventures. your secret? Probably not. No. Okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't I have been comforting you before then, probably. He looks distressed, but it must be what a cat that fog. Yeah, he's <laughs> such an awful person. Um, so. Commonly known facts about Lord Phileas Fogg. Um, you, he is, of course, the, the famous for his around-the-world naked days thing. Um, he is a member of the House of Lords, the English Parliament. Um, the trick is holding it until it starts He is a member of the Royal Academy of Science. Um, he n- must, therefore, know at least enough science to be able to fake it. He's probably, at, at a minimum, so trained in science, so a default style of thing. Rather than yeah, well, it, it gets easier if you only publish other people's hey, research yes. papers. I've got a D4 yes. of science, thank no, you No, 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 he's in such a high position, and he's only got a D4. That's yeah, but, <laughs> but the, um, the cumulative research papers of the other people's work he's published probably... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He knows Public appearance, he is a, um, you know, wealthy, charismatic, proper English gentleman, member of the House of Law style thing. Um, oh, God, he's Edison. You, of course, know differently because of your... Th- those of you who have had interactions with him know differently from your personal opinions. Um, those of you who succeed with raises get slightly more information on him. Um... Which is that um, he is not. He has accomplished several things in the Royal Academy of Science that seem to exceed his capacity scientifically. <laughs> you know, which because you've got the information that he's stolen various people's discoveries and that he's piggybacking off that rather than doing the science legitimately. Um, 
The one thing he is known for, however, quite legitimately, is that he is a master chess player. Like a, a really good one. Um, so he's a strategist. Yeah, so he, he is actually he is actually intelligent. You know, whether or not you think he's a he's a prat or not, he's smart and he's a, he's a very good chessman. It must be because he has no one else to play with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, probably plays against himself. Yep. I don't have to play with myself anymore. <laughs> Not now I have your girlfriend. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> A queen to my black king. Huh. Is that That's what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I can make it worse, but I'll stop. Please don't make it worse. It's worse enough as I'll 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 need to find a way to throw him off the I've got this guy to make it worse. <laughs> it's, it's, certainly the fact that he's such an asshat has made it much more personal bringing Elsa onto the table. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... So I imagine discussion continues. In yeah, yeah. I, I think we probably at some point ceased is bitching about the... Ver- we've we've yeah. caught up on why we don't like the various people, so we start talking more yeah. about the expedition and what it, it might be like and that it, kind of as thing. As it comes around sort of 11.30, people break back more into a party mood. Mara, of course, this is well past your bedtime. Like you're saying it especially because it's New Year's Eve. Aww. And as it hits 12, you know, people cheer and sing and pop champagne corks and Moreau tells you it's time to go to bed now. Um... How long have we known each other for? Ah. Uh, less than ten years? No, that's not what I mean. Are we talking about, like, a week, a month? Maybe a year. I'd say at most a year. So maybe I'll, I'll spend um, the rest of the time, instead of me dancing, because everyone else is dancing, I'm, I'm a little bit old for that, and my husband's not really a dancing partner at the moment. Um, what it's I always might... a bastard when he tries to lead. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I might do is I might tell you some stories in your native tongue. Yeah, let's confuse the scientific community. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I don't know whether or not you want to sit on my All knee or the chair beside me. sound like this to me. Like, people are vaguely looking at the two of you. You can understand about one in every eight words because it's yeah. vaguely a derivative from English. Because it's... What did you call it, Adam? Future English. Future yeah, English. English. Wasn't it super future It was super future English. <laughs> I got loaded down. Uh, <laughs> it's just future English. Although it should be super future English, considering I'm from like 10,000 years in the it, future. It seems like you should be able to understand it, but, but it's just gobbledygook. Yeah. Um, so whether or not you're telling me stories about your timeline or I'm telling you stories and or clarifying what the original version of the fairy tale was and in comparison to what your version is now. I wouldn't, so be telling, I wouldn't be telling you about where I came from, because mm. that's a, the secret between me and Morrow. Mm. Uh, I'm still amazed that you managed to pick up my language somehow. But it would be having conversations and you'd be telling me <clears throat> stories, because... You've probably got that rather motherly look to you at the moment. Yes. And um, <laughs> potentially you could be telling us stories not of your time, but of things that were legendary in your time, which are therefore far future to this time. Yeah, fairy tales that no one's heard of. Let me tell you about VHS. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're so far in front of that, it's not like it, it, it doesn't count as time travel spoils. 
and then come, I'd be talking about the expedition with Monroe and you know, right, yeah. and um, possibly Jonathan and anybody else who wants to show yeah. in. And I think Jeremy, I suppose, if he wants yeah. to join in. And I think we we shall say at some point here that um, Doctor Strange will invite you just. You, Pete, to stay at her manor. Jonathan's probably already staying there. Uh, Bernard lives there, and right, Jeremy and Mara have their own homes yeah. in London. Yeah. I gave yeah. you a nice room and a nice bed. Yeah, I will. I, I'll um, th- thank Doctor Strange very much for the invitation. The um, you know, Peter's staying in a nice enough you know motel room somewhere in London, and, and it is quite pricey. London prices being what they are. So, the next day, it is the 1st of January, 1899 now. The future! 1999. Um, you will receive um, a messenger from the World Academy of Science from Sir Andrew Simmons, um, who has come bearing the rules of the contest for you. Yep. And you are sitting round in Lady Strange's library. Because what is your resources? Um, okay, so you actually have basically a nice manor house, probably about three or four servants. Like you've got the one butler, a cook, a gardener. That's probably about it. Mm. Bernard probably doubles as your driver. You know, maybe yeah. maybe you've got some sort of general other general man around the house style thing. Um, but but you know, it's it's a relatively nice manor. Sometimes I have the family over. Yeah. Um. Maybe I might hire on somebody temporarily when that happens, but otherwise it's fine. So you are in the very classic English library. I believe it's winter at this point, because it's January yeah. in London. Yeah. yeah so you've got, the, you've, got, you've got the fire blazing away. Yeah, probably. Pittsburgh's got heavy snow, right? Yes, actually it does. Yeah, so it's going to be... It's winter if you call this winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a sissy it's not an American winter. It's a sissy British winter. <laughs> Um, so you were sitting around the library with the raging fire. Bernard brings people hot cocos and or coffee and or Irish coffee, depending on what their preference is. Um, Americans don't call the English palms, do they? That's a New Zealand and Australian thing. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, good to know. Um, Not that there's anyone around here who might causes me to think I might need some insulting synonyms. What do the Americans call them? Brits? Brits, I think. Is yeah, the, yeah, that the, is the, the short slang. Yeah. Um, in any case, you, you are delivered basically a letter that lays out um, what it is you're agreeing to, style of thing, um, which is that um, Phileas Fogg has picked seven destinations around the world, which Sir Simmons has agreed to, um, which are, oddly enough, the seven destinations on this map. Um, you are to leave the starting point in London, which hasn't been given to you yet, um, at the same time taking only what you can carry. So you can't, you literally can't take a car with you unless you can pick it up and carry it. Yeah. Um, You are to go to these seven locations around the world. Um, At each of them you are to meet a designated contact, have a photo taken with this contact somewhere, you know, where you can see that you're clearly in New York or whatever. Um, and have a, get a signed notice from your contract, from your contact saying that yes, you know, this is legitimate and not photoshopped or any of that sort of thing. (laughs) That would be quite the weird science feat, but nonetheless. Um, the Royal Academy both expects and encourages a contest of skill and adventure 
and reading between the lines is fairly obvious that your contacts are free to request any small services or whatever that they may require of you in exchange for their... their what they're doing for you is relatively simple, but nonetheless. Um, you must return to London before... Um, with, within slightly under a year now, basically for the New Year's Eve contest um, next year. If either party fails to return, they lose automatically. So if you all die... Fog wins, and vice versa for that matter. Um, Given two of the party have death to fight, it's going to be tough for us all to die. In the event that you both get to all the locations, um, the tiebreaker is who returns to London first. So it is a race to that extent. It is a race that you need to finish, and a race you need to win. Um, And in the spirit of... This is literally written in the note of, in the spirit of competitiveness, and assuming that you will require the advantage, Lord Phileas Fogg has generously allowed you to pick the order of the destinations travelled in. Um, And the Royal Academy of Science expects both parties to behave as ladies and gentlemen in a fashion that is appropriate to the decorum of the Academy. What the heck is that? It's gold. It's coke. Yeah. Olympic coke. Olympic coke. Same thing. Say when. Yeah, that's that's not. Yes, why swallow? Yeah. And you did. Um. Yeah, capital, but no. Yep. Sorry, I was just gonna. I was just showing you that it's an Australian word. What's an Australian word? Pom. Pom. Mm -hmm. Ah, right. So you can't call someone a whinging pom, the less. He can call you a jolly Mm wanker. Yeah, that's the trouble. All the best insults are British. Yeah, yeah, that's why you're playing an American character. You said, thank goodness somebody's playing an American. You have to admit, I'm approaching the task with gusto. You are. Yeah. I'm extremely American. So then, you have been given these seven destinations. And then we come to... Do you want me to wait on... Adam's return to explain yeah, my stuff. Probably, probably should just in case. My goodness. What? He's pretty dribbled on. I took the film off because it was so fetid, but um, that was your first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I put it on him? Well, the thing is, um, I've got to tell you, sweet. He's he's gotten quite a bit of his outfit even with the bib on. This isn't, you know. <laughs> this isn't science. It was. Science. It, it, it isn't stuff he's done since I took the bib off. Did a smile for Yahoo. It's a party individual. Pete gets a draw from the bag for his failure to recognize the term strumpet. <laughs> and his general Americanisms. Thank you. That was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was, I figured it was a British expression that meant young woman. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, read for context. Yeah. So. Meta-wise for this, um, there are seven locations to go to. Um, in each of them, there is some sort of adventure awaiting you, which the characters are actively going in generally expecting adventure. Um, the players, however, get a little bit more foreknowledge so you can pick what to go for. Um, because you get to pick the order of destinations, it really doesn't matter which ones you go to first. The geography doesn't matter because Fog has to follow the same route that you do. 
Um, you also don't have to pick them in advance. You as players can decide, right, we want this adventure, then when we finish that, we'll choose this adventure style of thing. And it's assumed that Fog knows that you're going from Egypt to the Amazon style. Yeah, we probably chose that in advance, yeah. like the day before we left. Yeah, you, you as characters choose the route entirely in advance before you go, so Fog can actually follow it. Um, you as players don't have to, it's just assumed he has that information. Um, so... The seven adventures you have available to you. Um, this is this is player facing knowledge rather than character facing knowledge, but to give you some idea of what you're going into for what, what you want to pick them in. Um, we have so these are all listed in true pulp form. There, it's it's our our worthy pulp heroes in lights, camera, murder, set in the moors of Scotland in Castle Fog. Um, this is the detective genre adventure about movie making, obviously from the title, um, and will be you know socially style stuff with detective work and that kind of thing. Um, that that's actually the one I prefer. You didn't go to first because it's the one I've done the least work. Oh, <laughs> I'm also going to say that sounds really good because it's one which is all like social. Yeah, but I was not a great start for a race. Yeah, I was going to say I think we should do it later because it's going to have a bunch of Bernard's backstory in it, and I think it'll be more dramatic if we do it sort of three or four once Bernard's had a bit more time to build up his character. Um, we have, and you, you need it hero group, but it's too long to list. Doctor Strange and Pittsburgh Pete and etc, etc and... We need a team name, we'll have to come up with one. And a simple job. Location New York City. Genre espionage. <laughs> Plotting urban work style of thing. Well, so it'll be really simple, except for the bits where it, where it becomes really complicated. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the Amazon we have Versus the Crocodile Cult which is doing the classic jungle adventure and and pulp archaeology. And when I say that, I mean Indiana Jones. Yeah. Pulp archaeology is not you carefully research and brush the thing aside. It's you leap out of the way of the boulder and hack at the crocodile cultist with your machete style. Of thing. Tiny, tiny brushes. <laughs> it's not like time team. We have sure. in... I was referencing Jackie Chan adventures. We have in the Lost World, location somewhere in Antarctica, uh... This should be a trope pretty familiar to many people. Um, it's like the Savage Lands from Marvel, where somewhere in Antarctica there's that untouched jungle paradise full of dinosaurs and cavemen and all that kind of no, thing. No, that's where we're going to punch some T-Rex and so, stuff. So that's the dino... <laughs> that, that adventure is like the Hollow Earth-style adventure with dinosaurs. <laughs> because dinosaurs. Um, in Cairo, Egypt, there is In the Secrets of Sekhmet, which is another pulp archaeology, but with a very Egyptian-themed one. This is, of course, the mummy adventure. Yeah. <laughs> That's how um, the man and that sort of thing. Um, in Bran, Transylvania, which is... Uh, well, I bet none of the players know this, but there's only one thing in Transylvania of note, of course. <laughs> but Bran is, in fact, the location of... The supposedly Castle Dracula. Um, Bran Transylvania, the mission, the adventure of versus the true terrors of Transylvania. Uh, this is the sort of horror genre style one. Um, pulp horror being, you know, it's a monster, make fair checks, then punch it in the head style of thing. <laughs> um, there's also investigation associated with this one, so it's actually a thinky adventure as well. Um, they all seem it, to be a bit sea brawl, Pete, really. Yeah. It, imagine a very... Well, like, punch the mummies. Yeah. Punch the crocodile cult. 
Punch the simple job. <laughs> yeah. Punch the simple job. <laughs> That's the one in New York City. The simple yeah, yeah. job. Did we run it home? Um, and and the other one is um, I, I actually haven't listed specifically where you're going because that's not the relevant part. It's the on the way there. This happens. The adventure of in the train to tomorrow. The location is listed as question mark, and the genre is time travel. <laughs> Holy shit. So you can see where that's going. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, in terms of how you get there, meta-wise I will pre- be presenting you with a bunch of different options as you travel, and there'll be strings of skill rolls and travel montages and different bits and pieces. It's not just going to be a simple red line you get there. You will actually get choices and um, Different checks to make and and actual you know scenes and combats and whatever. And we'll ride elephants. And you'll ride elephants. Probably not from Scotland to New York. (laughs) You never know. Um, In terms of assessing how long it takes, I'm not actually going to go into the heavy details of this takes six and a half days versus this route that takes eight and a half days, etc., etc. What I'm doing is is Helen's clever mechanic, which is basically. As you travel, I have a little chart here that you will accrue successes and failures on. Successes are basically you get there in quicker time than you were expecting to because you do things right or brighter. Um, Failures is when things go wrong and you're delayed. But this is the measure of how far ahead of you or behind you Fog and Co. are. And of course you may be running into them at various points because they weren't here just to debut at the start of the adventure and then disappear forever into the plot. (laughs) So that, that's how that's going to work, is I'm not going to bother tracking, because it's the very pulp genre, it's just, you know, it takes you a few months, you get here, it takes you a few days, you get here, but, you know, it takes you more days than you were expecting. You know, the ship is delayed because X happened and you couldn't fix it style of thing. So that's that's how the travel and the adventures are going to work, meta-wise, etc., etc., um... In-game, um you basically have um, the expectation is leaving London on the 3rd, so two days from now, um, with whatever you can carry and with any prep you want to do in the intervening days or not, and then heading off to one of these locations of your choosing to begin your pulp adventure. Now I turn it back over to the players. If you have questions, comments, etc. I think Africa would be a good place to start. I was suggesting I was going to suggest the Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to suggest Cairo. And I, I, I want either the um, Amazon one or the Cairo one. There's, there's, actually, <laughs> nothing, there's actually nothing in Africa. Yeah, oh, it's from, the Amazon. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. Um, uh, but believe, believe me, I had to limit myself to seven adventures here. I could, <laughs> I could have added at least another two, and and probably up to five more without having to think that hard. That I've actually you could have had us punching rollers in New Zealand. I did actually consider the New Zealand pulp one, but it just it seemed too on the nose. <laughs> um. Because they're both pulp archaeology, so I would yeah. like one of those to. Yeah, I, I like the sound of those. I, I, also, I also thought the archaeology missions sound like good starting ones because yeah. they're very basic genre, whereas stuff like the time travel and the horror ones are more sort of advanced. Yeah. You know, for when we've gotten the hang of the characters a bit more. And, and also feel like time travel comes quite late in the movie once you've gotten to know the characters, so that if you wind yeah. up encountering their younger selves or whatever. You actually know who Pittsburgh Pete is before you meet ten-year-old Pete or 
104-year-old Mara or whatever. <laughs> Alright, so um, does, any, does anyone object to starting with one of the archaeology ones? No. Does anyone have a preference for a particular archaeology one? So, the two of them, just to be clear, are versus the Crocodile Cult, which is the jungle Amazon-y yep. one, and the Secrets of Sekhmet, which, Sekhmet, which is the... Um, the Egyptian mummies one. The Secrets of Sekhmet is the slightly more occulty one. The Crocodile one is the slightly more academic end of archaeology. Yeah. <coughs> Me personally, I'm I'm all for Egypt because that's that's where my strengths are. But I'm happy with either. Oh yeah, that's that's occult. Um, as a player, I kind of want that one. As a character. Um. I'm going to complain. I have a phobia of mummies. Yes. It's going to be mummies. Every time you dig in Egypt, it's mummies. I, I was kind of supporting the Amazon one on the basis that Jonathan wouldn't like the Cairo one, but we can, you can always have been talked into it over the um, group. Well, he's going to have to go on it if he's going to be part of the group. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, uh, Vara would also be against Cairo. Because it probably means going into the pyramids where it's quite dark. And we know, I know what sort of things live underground. Mummies. I, mummies. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I would be, I would love mummies. I know hey, mummies. You can have my mummies. Warlock mummies. Um, they I, died uh, in the future, then time travel back. Uh, my, Why my, would you do that? She's a 10 year old girl. I'm a bad person and a GM. <laughs> I, I, um, I like the sound of the Amazon as a player and a character. I'm actually happy with either, but if I had to pick one, I would pick the Amazon. Same here. I don't mind either. Um, And my character doesn't mind. (laughs) Scientific science can be advanced in either. Okay, down to the dice roll. One to three for Amazon, four to six for Cairo? Sure. Okay. Yep. Quick, speed hero point (laughs) reroll. Add an extra D6 to it and confuse it. <laughs> Five. It's Cairo. Cairo. Okay. In the secrets of Sekhmet. In Cairo, Egypt. So... You guys wouldn't have given us... Given those... Set up those phobias if you were interested in dragging and screaming into a pyramid full you, of mummies. A dark don't, pyramid full of mummies. Don't mind us. We'll just be in a corner um, trebling against each other. You look I at this... My you look at this, basically sit down as a group, you know, pull out several world maps, discuss what you know, etc, etc, etc. And prepare for the secrets of Sekhmet. Not that you... Like it's not that you know you're going there and, and you'll have some sort of pulp money adventure. <laughs> yeah. But you're all aware as characters that you're pulp heroes and where you go you have adventures yeah, like this and Egypt is full of mummies. Yeah, it's just you know, every time Pete's been to Egypt twice, both times. Both <laughs> times on yes. both times dig with, with Jonathan, both oh. times they were mummies. What you can't do is um is jump the adventure as characters and go, We researched the secrets of Sekhmet before we yeah, go yeah, despite having not heard that. Anti mummy gear. Matchbox and cat. Oh, matchbox and cat. I have a lantern, I believe. Alright, at that point, with the adventure picked, I'm going to take this little man off and change him. And, By all means. And, uh, I'm going to change every single thing he's wearing. <laughs> then I might change a few things I'm wearing. <laughs> While she's doing that, I'll mess up with the stuff at the table. 
course, I'll go with you, dear. Oh. You wouldn't leave me behind. Of course not, dear. And Bernard will carry me. Jump on Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> He's decided that you will be carrying him for now. I'll be carrying him. Yes. I just realised. Really expensive you go on this journey, suit. Of course. Nice Persian hair. But, but you are so, so very... Um, well qualified for this. You, you do not need to prove yourself with this crazy thing. You you will all need my specialities. And my husband's. Wow. <laughs> he will he, I, I know that you don't understand what he says, but I will convey his thoughts to everyone. He'll he'll be a, a, a crucial part of the team. Why do you are communing with Mr Tiddles with uh, uh, Thomas. Thomas Tills. <laughs> I, I wonder if you could ask him to restrain his ablutions to the litter box. It's um, getting most inconvenient to change my pillow every evening. My word. Are you trying to suggest that he... he... Well, I presume it is the cat, my lady. I get... Perhaps there's a stray cat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good option. He, he suggests that perhaps there may be a stray cat nearby that may be unpleased by you. A stray cat? Of, of, of course, maybe. <laughs> I could not imagine that my husband would purposely deprecate on your pillow. That is, that is so unbecoming of my husband. I totally agree. Yes, he, he never deprecated when he was a human being. He told me so. <laughs> Well, if you go for the like very very English lady style of thing, no, no, people don't do that. <laughs> oh goodness me! <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to sleep in the smelly pillow. <laughs> yeah, it's a I, I, I will have some spare pillows um, arranged. <laughs> So that in case this, this stray cat comes back. I shall pack some extra for the journey. Yeah, Adam, I, I had Africa and China on this list as, um, as, as other adventures. And I then went, so let's, let's go for seven. That's a nice round number instead of a billion. <laughs> Plus seven is one for each character. Mm. Count the cats. <laughs> you do realise when I counted the people that she knew, I counted the cat before I counted you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> what's really, really hilarious is that you're just as wealthy as me, so you're on the same plane as me. I'm just all like you're the butler. I'm okay. just going to go and print my um, Egypt adventure stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very, very sorry. I think, I think Jonathan, besides, having worked out how everyone else knows fog, yeah. I'm going to go and, and talk to Bernard about whether or not he knows anything about fog. You're going to try and get spoilers. Oh, <laughs> I'd say if you, I know how everyone else knows either fog or mm. yeah, the fog. You know, I know the doctor, yeah. or at least that's what you think. Yeah, but it's mm. seem to be. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> what the unknown elements. 
I, I'm amused. I'm, I'm frail enough that I need to have a butler to help take care of me and my cat, but I'm going to go on an adventure with all of my friends. <laughs> and he tried to talk me out of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm an invaluable piece in the group. <laughs> You'll need me and my husband in cat form. See, he will translate what we need to know. <laughs> when, you, when she was counting before and I didn't include you, it's because you're such a good butler. I don't consider you a person. I consider you part of the furniture. <laughs> the compliments get more complimentary. That, that's what a butler should be. Fades into the background. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, freaking fr- heck. The only person who can out that bad Batman is Alfred. <laughs> Imagine Alfred in the freaking Batman suit. It's me, Dud. He's me, terrifying. Oh, shit. He was so convincing. He convinced Two Face of all people that he was that bad. He's yeah. a tiny. He's a tiny recruit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, have you ever seen Batman knock something over and it made a noise? No, because Alfred said it. Alfred, how did you get to Apocalypse? <laughs> a butler has his ways, sir. We have the butler circle. <laughs> <laughs> we have our, our contacts. Um, I think Jonathan really wants to know whether or not you have you, you know father in either of the Gongons. Oh, so you noticed that I was uneasy in the fog this day? Yeah, everyone should be. Quite. The despicable man that he is. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you also realise it myself. Do you know anything you've done his older brother? Was was he a good man or was he also his, despicable? His older brother, uh, I have it on, on good assurance that he was a, a fine gentleman. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, he put up with everything. <laughs> <laughs> Still patient. <laughs> patient. <laughs> Tolerates cats. <laughs> Just barely. <laughs> this is going to get specific. Um... Yeah. He's <laughs> a real man of the people. He went all punched in a, a beer. I don't know much about it, but it's terrible. Quite, yes. But I'm like, Phileas Fogg should not be in charge of all that. Not at all. Not at all. He's Upper scoundrel, I assure you. That's a good word. Scoundrel. Pete 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 so my character's probably going to be slightly um, slightly maternal with your character since she's a little girl and stuff. You do have any problems with her being like that? No, I've already got a adopted big brother here. I might as well have it as an ad- adoptive aunt. <laughs> We're well, a family I think, I and Jeremy's the weird uncle <laughs> <laughs> who shouldn't be left alone with the children. He's got one brain spice. And you're the other weird uncle who steals small items from the house and every business. No, that's, that's the way we think of you. Yeah. <laughs> no one can prove where those small items go. <laughs> so my character's probably teaching modern English to you? Yeah. And any other you're, um, it sounds like you're a lot more fluent than you were a year ago. Um, oh, yes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, In no, my character's probably been teaching her uh, yeah. some modern English. 
Sorry. As bored as it gets being a dating night Yeah. Current English. Yeah. yeah. And also probably catching her up with um, modern events as well, so that she's more adjusted for our, our local climate. Since that is what my character is good at. We don't actually know your time frame, right? Mm-hmm. No. No. Do any of us? Do? And Pete wouldn't believe you if you told him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do I know that you speak a different language? Because you've heard me speak a different language. And I yeah. picked up on it, and I yeah. don't know that her, it's future her, her and Moreau have their own, like, you know, personal coded language style. Oh, okay, so you just mysterious, you, you've just picked it, you're just so good with languages, you've picked it up just from hearing them say yeah, so as, yeah. as far as you know, your scientific associate, Doc Moreau, sort of just turned up one day with this apprentice in tow and didn't, you know, see he'd, you know, found her and was sort of taking her in as a foundling style of thing and gave no further details. And then, and then I was just like, okay, all of a sudden I'm your adopted mother. I'm... Been, I, I'm I noticed that you're not very good with normal English, so I help you with normal English, but you've got this weird version of English, but whatever it's called, I don't know what it's from. With the smarts, how many languages do I know? Uh, three. Your common, your common tongue, which will be English, yep. then one at D6, one at D8, so you know two extra languages. So one of them is going to be ancient Egyptian, right? Yeah. So you've got one more you can have. I'm just worth trying to work out whether it should be ancient Roman. You or don't... Ancient. The thing is, you don't need to pick it up now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Arabic would be the other one, which is... Uh, the other thing is, I'm... Yeah, it, it, Arabic's quite important for archaeology, uh, archaeological... Yeah. You, don't have to, you don't have to take it, though. You can wait till you need to speak Arabic and then take it. Yeah, yeah. the thing is, I know all the common languages. Um, the only thing that I need to put down on my list is, is things which are rare. You have in fact just used one slot for that for super future English. <laughs> I mean, it, it's completely possible that at some point, you know, dastardly fiends will kidnap our um, elderly professor lady and we'll have to manage yeah. with what he's saying. saying. Don't, don't immediately pick it up just because you think that yeah. you sh- that, that, that you only have seven languages left you can pick. <laughs> Se- <laughs> seven impossible languages left to work. I might learn all the languages there are to learn and then find one I can't. Yeah, it, I mean, I it just is, don't have enough time it left. It is theoretically <laughs> possible to run out of them in the campaign. Yeah. At which point you buck your smarts up and get two. I have D20 smarts. D12. I know, but can I have D20? Yeah. No, Which is incidentally jewelry smart. Incidentally, oh, okay. you're, you're um, playing that charisma penalty. Do you actually have a charisma penalty? <clears throat> um, yeah, I you don't. do. You have do a minus one. Yeah, I can't remember what it's from. Oh, though. you've got a mic. You've got a. Oh no, sorry, that wasn't it. So it's at the top. At the top, yeah. Here, you don't have it written down. What is your charisma? How do you? A default it's, zero. It's, it's default zero. Okay, but and then you add to it with edges and subtract. Them. Okay, it's just it's, it's just zero. I, I yeah. wonder if you're I'm, thinking I'm of his character who had the. Oh no, it was. Oh, sorry, I was, I was looking down at the bottom. Check, check your head, I'm the one with the, the minus charisma. Oh, I've got arrogance. I'm not even worried yeah, about you yeah, stealing yeah. stuff. Yeah, you don't, you don't yeah. have to have negative charisma to be an upset. So, cautious me to show up the I thought I saw a minus one. I think I was looking at this physical toughness. Some of the toughness rolls. 
I can't remember what Arrogant does. Arrogant doesn't give you a prisoner penalty, so it's no. all good. Arrogant yeah. is merely a role-playing so prisoner. You're an Arrogant SOP. Yeah. Hmm? There we are. You're role-playing that. You are the centre of your own universe. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm certainly <laughs> noticing a theme of the characters. I'm a it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs charisma? It's not like we'll be burned at the stake in Transylvania or anything. <laughs> well, certainly not in the Amazon jungle. Yeah, no. No, 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 no natives stuff. there. Yeah, well, did, uh, not burning at the stake natives? They'll poison data. Ah, very true. <laughs> or headhunting. Headhunting's quite popular. And then tie, the volcano spirit. Tie, us to, tie us to those pole thingies as opposed to yeah. upright stakes. Yeah, the question is, who's got, who's got the highest charisma? Who looks the most delicious? <laughs> wow, is it because you're a little child? <laughs> it's probably vigor at that point. Who's got the healthiest of <laughs> uh, Yeah, I, I crush all other contenders. <laughs> I've got a D6. I'm pretty vigorous for an old lady. <laughs> I've got a D10. Yeah, I'm pretty vigorous for Superman. <laughs> basically, the theory here you have the is squarest jaw. Yeah, I really do. <laughs> two days from now, um, you will be given, and um, at some point in the in the next two days, you will be given a location, presumably in London, that will be your starting point. At which point, you show up and you go from there. Um, you've pretty much got two days in which you've decided you're going to Egypt as your first. Uh, destination. Um, you are given a point of contact there. Who is? Um, it's going to be Ahmed again, isn't it? No, it's not going to be Ahmed. Um, He's a terrible person. I'm sure I told you about it. <laughs> He's insulted all my research, all my hard work, through fog. Now. Yes. And then Fog came along and stole the artifacts right from me. I'd done all the work, I'd found them. Tell them. me about this Archimed. <laughs> I described him, I can't remember him very well. If we come across him, I'll have a word with this young man. He looked, he looked like an Arabic background yeah. there, <laughs> <laughs> So um, I'm assuming that I already yeah. you've already told me the story. In fact, I'm kind of assuming you've told me the story several times. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, I am the, the auntie that wants you to get back onto your feet and will do anything Fog, to help you out. Fog's no. army of goons yeah. that beat him up gets bigger with every telling. Yeah. With four dozen men each wielding yeah. a mummy. Yeah. Mummy, that's wings. I've um. I've seen, you know, like, how Jonathan handles himself on the digs, and I'm kind of assuming it was four really little guys. <laughs> ouch. Just ouch. <laughs> he, he would never say that. It's just, that's what the, that's what the picture is in his mind. You, you know I can shoot. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So, you have received basic information from the Royal Academy of Science on whom your point of contact is. Um, you also receive a camera at this point, if you don't have one. Um, I did purchase one, but... So, yep. Yep. We have backup cameras. But you get given another one. That's good. Cool. Yeah. So anyone who can carry it can add a mundane camera to that. Pete is the... Um, so that that's wave of one? Yep. Cool. I think so, anyway. I haven't got the thing in front of me. Someone who's got a camera, look it up, please. Oh, I have a deluxe camera, so. Oh, everyone's got the the super. Are you are you super rich? Are you, or is that the it, thing you have? It was a gift from the doctor. 
I think if somebody is super deluxe so camera. This is a got... large, bulky camera with a tripod and a flash stand that requires a dark room. Uh, wait for. That's irrelevant. Yeah, it's like a camera and a tripod and yep. all this sort of thing. That's why you can leave it here if you want to, because you have dead ones. No, that's right. That, that can be our backup camera. As opposed to a deluxe camera, which is white one, which is just a little. The, yeah. Like still comparatively large, but handheld. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, there we are. I've only got four points of carrying capacity spare now. Well, that's good. So we've got a camera, a backup camera, and you a backup backup camera. Right? Well, who, who would like to carry my, my backup camera? How much is that? Oh, just keep it on you. Oh, okay. Which? Um, There's no reason not to. Okay, I can't carry that. I've got four pounds. I can carry something for you, but it can't be that. Um. You could take my archaeologist kit and it's, my light source. It sounds a bit useful. Yeah, give me give me your sheet. Let's see if I can find anything. Uh, yeah, I do <coughs> have a light source with me. Yeah, you want the light source on you. That's going yes. to be the... Yes, uh, I do. Get some mummy to buy. And you're going to need the archaeologist kit and the thieves tools you really need. Yeah. Um, how many things do you need? Uh, the other thing, um, how would you feel about carrying my crowbar? No, I can take it. Yep. Okay. Oh, sorry, three. I've got six available. Okay. Oh, sorry, so three. three. Is there anything in there that you that you think that you should take? Uh, I was going to carry the the doodle harp on there. Now, before you that get that into this, um, yeah, you may want to decide how you're getting there because you may want stuff for that as well. Yeah, that's true. Oh, for now, I've got the camera, and we'll also going to bring one down as well. You can find. You can always put stuff in Bernard's magic bag. So, Guys, my suggestion was you, you may want to um, take into account where you're going before you get here in terms of what stuff you acquire and accrue, like the travel routes you're taking and that kind of thing. Yeah. You don't have to. You can yeah. do whatever you like with your gear. Okay, so I would like to know that. So could you please tell me? Okay. And have to so listen if I don't want to. You you have from um, the Royal Academy of Science basically your list of contacts, which I'll give you the as you go on the adventures, and if there's any requests associated with them. Um, in Cairo, you are being sent to meet a Mrs. Alexandra Whittingham. Um, you don't have to keep note of the name unless you want to. Oh, okay. Um, she is a patron of archaeological digs in Egypt. Um, which at present is not that all that big a deal. It's a vaguely big deal to the pulp universe, but Tut's tomb has not been discovered yet because that's sort of in the twenties style of thing. So it's not. There's no big Egyptology craze yet. So she is one of the supporters of it who is there. Um, so you are going there to get a photo of somewhere Cairo-y, obviously Cairo-y with her, get her signature. Um, and on top of that, the Royal Academy of Science also requests that um, you speak to her and ask her to consider favourably funding requests for various digs that the Academy wants to do in Egypt. Does it matter if she says yes or no? Uh, technically, no. Okay. It is not a requirement for you to... They've asked us to do it, yes. so they'll, think, they'll feel favourably um, for somebody who does. Um, well, also, you are actually a member of the Royal Academy of yeah, Science. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just asking, just in case we fail it. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, you are going from London, England here, to Cairo here. Um, there are basically three routes to get here. Um, the 
A slow one is to take a boat from London around the coast of Europe, um, come back in through the Mediterranean Sea, and end up in Cairo. Um, the really insane one is to go through Russia and Siberia and things, then come down and cross the Mediterranean, which doesn't really offer you any distant advantages. Um, it's only really there if you want to, if you have some cunning plan to get get across Siberia. Um, the other one is basically boat from London to Europe, cross Western Europe, either go around or cut across <coughs> the Alps to end up in Italy, and then take a slow boat from the boot to Egypt. Take a boat from the boot to Egypt, essentially. Would that be the fastest route? Like that is the most geographically direct route. It sounds faster. The boat is the the boat is very obviously the um, well. Um, going through Siberia actually isn't the geographically <coughs> least route. You don't need to go that far out of your way to get all the way to Siberia. You just get through the top of Eastern Europe. Because there's no countries on this map, just Western Europe and Eastern Europe and things. Um, you're, you're most welcome to look at the map. Yeah. So the boat goes all the way around the edge of Europe and then to the Mediterranean. And then, of course, you can call for options in the middle, of course, and take a boat part way and jump off and cross certain bits of Western Europe and not others, etc. Et so through the Alps, yep. um, to know what sort of uh, travel that would be like around this time of year, would that be a survival check? Like, um, can we do some preemptive roles to... Yes, yes, you certainly, you certainly can. You, you can gather information on any of the stuff, you can roll knowledge checks for it, etc, etc, etc. Yeah, I'll, I would take on survival or um, a common knowledge. Common knowledge. Okay, I'll roll. I mean, at common knowledge, you'll only get um, more basic information off it. You only get what's common knowledge. Has anybody got survival? I've got a D4. Anybody got better than a D4 in survival? Huh. I've got a D8 in common knowledge. Yeah. Common knowledge, it makes sense. So, you know the Alps. They're mountains. Yep. Yeah, you can see them on the map right now. Because it's based on smarts. You've got really great smarts, don't you? So I get they like a minus two. Right. So I'm not no, no. Yeah. For, yeah. for, for as far as you're aware, there's nothing else. It's just your wild dice oh, and your smart dice. It says equal smart. So oh, okay. put a d12. Sorry, did you want us to roll the okay. dice for that one? Cool. Or was so that all we were going to get? Was that what, the, the wild dice? No, no, that was Miriam Taylor's flavor. Oh, okay. Yep, sorry. Alright, so despite having a d12 on the roll, Jeremy rolls a two. They are indeed mountains. Yes. Yep. The the Alps have never produced anything of scientific value ever, as far as you're concerned. <laughs> I, however, rolled an eleven on common knowledge. Okay, so you succeed with a raise. Uh, anyone topping that? No. Since you have done so poorly, Susan, I'll hurl this pencil at you. <laughs> I got a success. I rolled a five. Yes, not a success with a raise. Oh, well, if that's the standard nowadays, I'm just an old lady. Okay. So. Common knowledge of the Alps, um, based on this is probably like you've actually read in libraries and things, um, because yeah, in your time it's just the wasteland outside <laughs> here to be the fog style thing. Um, Jeez, there's so much fog. The Alps are, of course, um, snowy mountains. Um, it's not actually the Himalayas; it's the Himalayas are elsewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the Alps are basically a string of. Um, snowy mountains across the bottom of Western Europe that come out the other side into Italy. The ones from The Sound of Music. 
Yeah. No one else will know this except So you can't travel over them without well, time. I've seen The Sound yeah. of Music with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think he means in character. So they, they, are actually, they are actually quite travelable. It is not a hideous, <laughs> impossible journey. Um, the Himalayas are a bit more like that, and you know, if you actually had to climb something like Everest. Um, so you can cross it on foot. The other method would be to acquire some sort of flighted transport, like a, a hot air balloon or something like that. Plane. <laughs> yep. So, so travel knowledge, technology-wise, um, planes are rarer than they were in the nineteen twi- twenties in the yeah. last pop game, but still actually exist because yeah. we're doing the, the rule of fifteen. Um, helicopters are quite rare, but yeah. do exist, um, and hot air balloons and zeppelins are comparatively commonplace. Yeah. Zeppelins. Yeah, can we get a zeppelin to Cairo? Yes, please. theoretically. Like, this is not the kind of thing you could line up. Um, you, you certainly couldn't get a Zeppelin from London to Cairo. Or you could, but it would not be a very efficient method of doing so. Yeah. So, it seems like I'd be inclined to think head cross country rather than take the boat round. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a fan of cross the country. So, it'd, it'd be driving across Western Europe. I, I'm, not, yeah. a, I'm not a fan of taking a cat onto the yeah. boat. Yeah, the, the restriction is you. Tom does not like water. You you can't you can't leave your starting yeah, point. Makes a doubt. You can't leave your starting point with anything can. other than what you can carry. Yeah. So you can't say yeah, take a car from your starting point to. Yeah. There. But we could potentially take a train. Yes. Across yeah, London down. To yes, you would get to Europe and get a car. Yeah. You need to buy it. Yeah. So, is there any kind? Of, so, what about the first leg? We can presumably take a train down to the bottom, from London to the bottom of um, England, mm-hmm. and then get. A, is there any kind of ferry or boat we could get to get us all to Europe? Yeah, quite certainly. Cool. Oh, well, then uh, I say let's, let's start there and see where we get to from there. Okay. <coughs> and then anyone can do any journey prep that they want. So. You have two days to do any sort of prep work you want, research work you want to do, uh, like streetwise checks to gather information on the area, fog and co, that kind of thing, etc., etc. Cool. Over to you. Can somebody pass me? Can I do a academics check to see if I know anything about Sigmet? No, because you haven't heard the name. That's a player facing the, the, the name of the adventure is a player facing mechanic. Okay. When you get there and, and run into <laughs> it, then yes. But um, um, so can I do some knowledge checks on on Egypt itself? Uh, finding out a map, getting a map of of Egypt. I have. I'll have one. Yeah. You'll yeah. have one. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm an archaeologist who likes going to Egypt, oh, even though there's always mummies. Yes, fairly, <laughs> fairly, fairly trivially. I've can. probably been to Egypt before as well. Yeah, very, very likely. Yeah, there were um, one, there, there were definitely mummies when you were there. Were there mummies? There's always mummies. There's mummies. What? Um, can I do a a common knowledge check on on Egypt anyway, just so that I can? Yeah, you don't need to make a common knowledge check. You know the basics of Egypt: okay. sand, pyramids, mummies, uh, bartering locals, headdresses. Do Possibly. Okay, we have to roll for that. <coughs> it's probably more the it's it's probably more something you want to do when you get there. Okay. 
because your, your two methods of doing so are either um, like you make a streetwise check to go and make a to go and make or find a contact that tells you X, or you can spend hero okay, points so to do story declaration stuff. Where I know so a person who works in the docks for this you kind of purpose. You have enough spare carrying capacity to carry my crowbar, and I have enough spare carrying capacity to carry your survival kit. So we've paid for each one, yeah. but I propose that we swap them over so that. Um, and then, if you need, if I need the crowbar, I'll borrow it off you. If you need the survival kit, you borrow it off me. Style of thing. Oh my gosh, you're so passive. You're so passive aggressive. Can you talk to the In the true butler form. Well, isn't intimidation taunting like one of your highest skills? That's right. That's right. He's the snarky butler. He's, he's literally got skill points and an edge in being a snarky butler. Yes. So basically, you're trying your absolute hardest not to use it What's on me. What's that? It's that. It's the Skyrim house cow. I am sworn to carry your burden. I am sworn to carry your burden. He says, whenever you load her up with stuff. My character probably doesn't know this because she's actually a really lovely person. Just. She said, this is this is how you this is how butlers work. You you, you give them things to do. Yeah. And and if they tell you that yeah. a cat's peed on their pillow, then it's it must be a strange yeah, I mean, can't be my husband. Why would you do that? You're aristocracy. Yeah. You're actually been aristocracy since birth because your yeah. husband married into it rather than the other way around. Mm. So you're um you're just used to the concept. You have a butler. Yeah. You have some servants. Yeah, uh, it's so not. So I've put the deluxe survival kit on mine. I'm not going to buy one too, so I can put it on yours. I, I, I'm, I'm giving you a placement for lines. You're, you're not fog rich. Mm. You're rich enough. I'll get there eventually. Uh, yeah. So you're saying I'll become richer? As I rob Jonathan repeatedly of <laughs> everything of value. Nah, Okay, so we'll start again with that list. You're doing fine. I don't know if I'm at all. Yeah, now you just have to do it all on your own. That's real fast. You already come back with a quarter as much stuff, but at least you come back with it. Adventures where we went without a robe. Yes, I picked your character being down in that hole without a robe. Yeah, I was actually insinuating previous role playing games. That's why this time we'll be taking three thousand gold worth of magical items to avoid getting stuck in a hole without a five gold robe. But this is the second well I've been trapped at the bottom of. Just realised that 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 was yeah okay um so so we'll put B for Bernard. Um, not B for Bastion, thank goodness. Um, B for Bernard. Okay, I'll be yep. carrying a light. Who's carrying the sun, Bastion? <laughs> um, I'd like to go shopping for some yeah. preserved fruit. By all means. Alright. Because you, you know my hindrance. I don't really suck enough. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I see what you're going for. Uh, so, um, do you have resources to do it? You can write I have a D4. Yeah, at which point it actually becomes a resource. Yeah, so, how would I roll that? You roll a resources check. Yeah, yeah. Well, what sort of penalty is it? That's your It's comparatively cheap and simple. Oh, it's free! I talked to you when I. No, I don't find it. You don't like the can, so. You do, in fact, find some. But, yeah, that's not too annoying. I don't think so. Yeah, if you. Thomas is out. 
supper with me. Let's see what he says with the strangers. As I see it, my characters um, doesn't treat the rude. Yeah, that's right. Giving you a So when she asks things, she's going to ask you as if she's. Which is a success for the race. Yeah. But she. Do you consider you a friend? And twice less. Bernard is snarky, but he does have a heart of gold. Yes, you can. Royalty you you can put a couple of weeks yeah. worth of preserved fruit on. But just he doesn't yeah, like yeah. the cat too much, <laughs> or at least he doesn't like him as a cat. Trying to get her to eat. Things may change. People. Things may change when he becomes a human, but not get you to eat. Not right things. now, and you don't know because <laughs> <laughs> <that's laughs> you, know, you don't believe he is. I'm like, I look forward to this change. Like different fruits, <laughs> and then you turn, you know, like try and sneak like a vegetable or something in there. Yeah, it, it, when, you, when you try to <laughs> see the vegetables, I um, discreetly spit it out. <laughs> try this jerky; it's great. Um, so, um, basically, Miramar put down that it's on. The survival pit is on Pete. So, if you want to yeah. make survival checks, you can get the plus one if you have access to Pete if he's nearby. Yeah. If you and Pete are separated by several hundred miles, you can't get the plus Should one. I put that down yeah, as weight two. one? Uh, no, actually, can that can be weight one number one. Cool. One, one week. One week. Okay, so I've got the same sign. So, one week. Do I need to write down, like, some water or food and stuff? No. I assume she comes across. We have that kind of support. You're talking about food, she comes across really well, but anything else. Yeah, so this is. I've known you for like a day and a half. It's, it's, it's the charisma bonus. People yeah, like me. <laughs> they want to see me do well. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't that doesn't really affect your character. So I've got to say who is it? Fog. Okay, so <laughs> what's encumbrance? Is that the six? Encumbrance equals six. You're allied to Fog. Okay. Carry up to six. But I've already got a dagger and a gun. Plus, you know, I still have to do a Fog straight away. You're like, shit. There's one, so I'm going to pull up. Okay, that's cool. We'll double check the list and make sure it's fine. Uh, do you have enough room there for cat food? I shall pick some in the luggage. <laughs> I shall also bring along the um, equipment utensils. Uh, oh, quite. Yeah, the tea set. Um, we'll need some washing fluid so we can clean the dishes afterwards. Of course, man. You need all that to me. You may assume as pulp heroes that, generally speaking, you have sufficient access to, like, food and water and all that kind okay, of thing. So. Um, because part of that's covered in your resources check, your, your basic resources. You don't roll checks for it so much as your resources skill determines what sort of stuff you have. So when you travel with um, with Lady Strange here, because she's at D8 resources, odds on where possible you'll be staying in hotels and that kind of thing. Um, likewise, you know, when you get on a ship, it's a relatively nice ship, etc., 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 you know, obviously when you're in the middle of the Alps, you're not staying in a hotel because your resources at that point is irrelevant to you. But um, that's that's how that sort of thing works. And yes, food and water are pretty much not a problem unless you get into a survivalist situation. But the presumption there is that you came in with sufficient food and water and then lost it because your plane exploded. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm carrying back up. Yeah. yeah, we've got some emergencies. Yeah, in your case, it's not stupid because you actually have restrictions about what you can and can't eat. Or what you can and won't eat. Anyway, I'm assuming that because we have the survival kit and so on, that represents stuff that may survive the plane crash, unless yeah. we, or at least that we can make checks to see if it yeah. survived the plane crash. 
I have another survival kit if you guys need it. Yeah, your survival kit automatically explodes as soon as your pain suffers the slightest difficulty. <laughs> the engine stutters slightly for that. You hear, boom, what was that? Survival kit. Oh. Yeah, it's the, um, perhaps we shouldn't have stored the emergency jelly lighter. <laughs> you can use it as a impromptu grenade. <laughs> oh, <it explodes. laughs> no, not my survival kit. All I found was the scroll that says I prepared explosive runes this morning. What could it mean? Okay. So I've got three options. Oh, there's a few. Okay, so I've got weight of two left. So I could use all of that up with a spy gra- glass, or I can split that up into two with either getting a deluxe, or getting a, a, a Swiss Army knife, deluxe camera, or my bejeweled harp. Um, I, I suggest <laughs> not <laughs> bejeweled harp. <laughs> Sorry, I, I suggest the um, Swiss Army knife and camera. Yeah. We have I, a third camera. Yeah. Because well, that way we've definitely got enough cameras. I, I see I, 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 You guys are going prepared to lose <laughs> those cameras, <laughs> aren't you? I, 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 I'd go harp because um, then you, how else can you play Tom to sleep? Yeah, this is true. Because he may pee on your pillow. And and it this seems is like the one you have to put up with, it's either the harp or the pee. It, it seems like that's the, um, She's you know, that's harpy. the thing that you should... That's the thing that you should. Uh, that's the thing that you should have in your personal gear so that you have it available in case you want to play things. Yeah, plus it also probably helps me as well. Mm. And help calm you down when you're feeling sad. Yeah, I can take something that weighs one to two. Okay, well I've got a spyglass of two. Uh, it'd be good to have a spyglass. Um, the a spyglass seems like a nice fit for Jonathan, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll put a Joverside spyglass. Yeah. So you got him a birthday present now. Wow. Well. You, you can, of course... <laughs> His bike glasses are expensive. You can, of course, mm, following, following the rules you've been given, leave your starting point and go off and get more stuff. Mm. It's merely that to do so will delay you. Um, can I point out here as well, um, it's worth having some spare carrying capacity so we can pick things up. Yeah. I personally, because I've just picked up this um, camera and took survival kit from various people... And for the party and now carrying to my max load, meaning you cannot simply load Pete down like a pack horse if we find a bunch of stuff. Before we load every other character down like a pack horse, perhaps we should think about that a little bit. Uh, it's, it's not actually true that you can't physically carry anymore. It's not like you, it's not like you just explode the second someone adds another piece of weight to the cat as a hindrance like the various mad science gear in that is both effectively weightless and costless yeah. it, it, the, the weight of the cat becomes relevant to come to things like you have to carry it across the tightrope over the volcano but just for generically carrying it it doesn't matter yeah it probably carries itself half the time as well um, alright so it probably rides in the market. for each, each additional <laughs> no. step over your weight limit um, 
You are at a minus one penalty to all of your agility and strength based things. So, like, you can trivially carry several steps more weight, it's just you get progressively worse at fighting and running and that sort of thing as you do so. Alright, so. so who here has any spare carrying I do a little, but are you going to weigh down the 10 year old girl? I could, I could leave how behind. Do, everyone I must pull them. I, I could leave behind things. It's one. Uh, it's um. One point five d four. Six. You can carry up to six weight worth of stuff. Yeah. It's on the other side of your character. Because uh, we can drop stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. So you have <laughs> one point of carrying capacity. Yeah. Survival kit with which Pete is carrying for me. I also have a dark survival kit, which I'm probably going to have to leave behind. Yes, right. I believe you'll find that three out of the six party members have a D4 in strength, which, which is, is why, why your carrying capacity sucks. Which is why I'm bringing it up, because I'm happy to like heavy ships for the party, but you can't then have me as the loading down with stuff, right? And if no one is, then it is going to be a problem, because sooner or later we are going to have to carry something big. And while we appear to have two, I understand why people like want backups. Do you no, really you don't want take two or three of you? We're going to have to abandon as soon as we find anything that we really need to carry. Does it hurt to abandon it? We can buy more, isn't it? It's just the thing of do we need it at the time? Yeah, do yeah. we need two deluxe survival kits in the party? We might use them up before we find Well, no, I'm not carrying mine. You're carrying carry. one, but right. I, I have the other one and I'm not carrying it. So who is carrying it? At the moment, no one. Right. It's got to be left behind currently as it is. Yeah. I, I have a deluxe survival kit, a deluxe camera, antitoxin, and a parachute. What I'm angling for is possibly not loading down everything that Bernard's got, but having Bernard free to actually having some space for Bernard to put some more stuff in. Okay, well, what's the stuff I've given you? Um, you gave me a rope, a gripping gun, and an archaeology It's, it's yeah, not like he can't throw it away. Yeah. Unless he's greedy, at which point, um... Which is. <laughs> Can you strap a survival kit on the cat? Oh my god! <laughs> How heavy is this thing? It's it oh, it doesn't oh. weigh anything, <laughs> but he also can't carry anything. The dark survival kit is essentially one of those huge backpackers backpacks. Oh, yeah. You know, with the blanket and the tent and all it's this kind of thing. twice the yeah. size of the cat, maybe three times yeah, four, the size like of the cat. Probably four times the size of the cat. It's the kind of thing you could drop on the cat and just squash him. When the desert is heavily littered with the um, very expensive gear that we're going to have to leave yeah. behind, I, I, I shall say I told you so. <laughs> yes, ju- just to be clear, um, under this system, a person, I believe... Um, generally speaking, uh, yeah, the average unencumbered person weighs about five... So the survival kit weighs like a person. It's like carrying somebody on your back permanently. You are a pack horse. Yeah, I'm high school. I'm carrying a freaking camera with a tripod in my bag. And a deluxe survival kit. In my deluxe survival kit bag. Is a complex kit which includes a pocket knife, water purification tablets, waterproof mattresses, a supply of rations, a compass, and a tarp, and a lightweight, sturdy tent, and enough of those supplies to last several days each. So, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Who here has survival? It's just you. Okay. You're the no one else needs a survival kit. 
technically, everyone else faces additional penalties on top of their existing Yeah, and I'm just saying that I understand that you wanted to spend every penny of your vast wealth on um, supplies, but I do actually think we might oh, no, be I'm quite happy with the idea that yep. we're leaving some of it behind. I, mean, I just yeah. had to grab stuff with it's, my money. It's a travel yep. campaign, yep. so you're going to be picking stuff up and losing stuff as you go anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Losing it, leaving it behind, etc. Yeah. Et I'll just oh, go yeah, buy new stuff. Yep, no, that's alright. I've, I've spoken my piece. Um, I think we are... Does anyone else want to pack or research anything before shall we depart? Um, so we're going to take a zip on where we? No, no. No, we're taking a... We know we're taking a train south. Train. train to the south of England. Train and then... Okay. Can we, can we do a little bit of research <laughs> on what the... Um, on how safe the train is going through that area? Like, what, what the area's like? Uh, so the theory... Like, like you're talking about taking a train from London to Southby at this point. Um, you, you don't need to do research on it. It's like taking a bus from here to the CBD. Yeah. It's actually probably... Like, they don't have bandits or anything no, like that. No, so no, it's not like going through South Auckland or... No, it's not <laughs> like going through South Auckland. <laughs> <Well. no. laughs> this is England. This, this is, is England. No, it's a civilised country. What's Europe? In, any, England. Any in, in England. The only... Oh, con- no, what I mean was across this area here. Oh, right. Well, we weren't talking about the series. Okay. We were talking about le- leaving London, le- okay. taking a train through London. Yeah, your theory... That's fine. Your theory, was, your theory was to get a car through Europe. Okay. Which people can drive? I research the lady mm. that we're supposed to... Yes, you can. Um, okay, we're going to be, like, driving along so to this this would be street with a crank handle at the front. Oh, God. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be great. <laughs> Pete, can, Pete can repair it. Actually, technically, so Jeremy. Yes! He'd be a lot better at it. But if Jeremy is not unconscious by something, perhaps... Oh. Felled by my serious blow of large wrench. Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah, this is more of a tea area, so what we have? You can have the Cherubax, which will hold like 10 people in it, but it has a little crank handle in the front of it. They're really cool. Super cool. I've, re- I've written <laughs> them on this rule. Like, he doesn't mind so much what people say about him, but you shouldn't, you know, diss his girl, even if she's not currently technically his girl. Wow. <laughs> I'm a little. Hmm. This girl. Mm. Oh well, that's fine. And Pete totally missed your d- uh, uh, tremendous burn on his him via the centurions, but um, I didn't. What what did the word mean? Yeah. No, that um, wasn't the one I was referring to. He was he also just Pete quite badly. Which one? Well, that was where he was going on about. Um, but but you hired that guy. Did you see the organization <laughs> has high standards. You hired Americans. <laughs> <laughs> what was Russia? It's okay. Well, I'll, I'll, um, I'll make sure you become a cultured young man by the end of this trip. <laughs> I'm Englishman, I'm already cultured. Actually, you're not young, are you? No. You're in your Oh my gosh, I was talking to my mum and I was telling her that I was playing an elderly character and I said, oh, the character's about 65 and then I realised, oh shit, she's 67. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she gave me this look. Oh, wait a minute. And I was like, that's an approximate age. <laughs> elderly is older than you are. <laughs> elderly for the 19th century. Yeah. yeah, yeah she really. gave me this look like, what the fuck are you doing calling me elderly? <laughs> <laughs> Definition is that middle age is ten years older than your current age. Yeah, how do I get to that? If you want to. 
Can the rest of us read it, or is it just Jonathan? Yeah, if you guys want to. Yeah, okay. What does it? So, uh, Jonathan has gone off to do useful things, oh. um, and has gone to talk to some of his contacts, because you're an archaeologist, probably around the museum. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you, you go off and do your streetwise checks around the museum and things to see what you can find out about Miss Alexandra Whittingham, the woman you were going to Cairo to meet. Um, and I have this little newspaper article here about her. Uh, Whittingham tours Cairo. Widow seeks to fund archaeological dig. Uh, the widow of armaments industrialist Carl Whittingham arrived in Cairo yesterday. This is, you know, a, a generically semi-to-date paper. Um, as part of a tour of the British colonies seeking investment opportunities for the inheritance her husband left her, Mrs. Whittingham seeks to endow an archaeological expedition in the Nile Valley as a philanthropic endeavour and a memorial to her husband's appreciation of ancient art. During her stay in Cairo, she plans to meet with several expedition leaders to discuss their work and potential support she might offer. Mrs. Whittingham also helps to enjoy, hopes to enjoy Cairo's sightseeing opportunities, including the pyramids, bazaars, operas, Esbekia Gardens, and the medieval Mohammedan architecture. And then there's a picture of her. Okay. So yes, you will be able to identify the woman on site instantly. Nice. Uh, um... So what I'll do before I go then, I'll um, ask the academy um, what their if they have any particular archaeological things they would like us to get funding for. Yeah, they provide you with several details. Okay, sweet. So we we can we can say we want you to find fund this dig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Opposed to, would you like to fund a dig in the near future through us? Yeah, the, the theory is, like, if you can get her on board with one or two, you could probably get her invested for the future oh, style thing. Mm. Yeah, so Jonathan comes back and says, I've been to the museum and talked to the curator, and I think that you should know that no, blah, 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 this is winning it. I can see, I can see it. Is Phyllis going to be asking for the same things, or is he going to be asking for different things? You have no idea what Phyllis is asking. How do you have any method of finding this? Okay, well, we, we haven't been told he's going to be asking for certain things. Uh, Sorry. I misunderstood the question. Are you talking about what Phileas is doing in the grand scheme of the adventure? Is he um, going to Cairo to meet these people? No, no. What I, what I mean is part of part of what we're doing with going around the world and taking the photo and stuff, we've been asked to get people to sponsor different archaeological digs and stuff like that. Has he been given the same mission? Um, or has it been or the, is the, the only, the only one you've been asked to help get sponsored for is Mrs. Whittingham? And as far as you know, Phileas has to play by the exact same rules you do. He has to go to these places, meet these people, get a photo, get a signature, and and or assist them in whatever way they require. Okay. So he's, he's also going to be asking for a favour as well? Yes. Okay. Presumably he has been given the same set of instructions as you, but you don't know that. Okay. This is what we know. But, but you know he's going to meet the same... In, theoretically, he's going to meet the same individual. Okay. He could, as far as you... He has to go to Cairo, he has to meet someone, as determined by the Academy of Science, yeah. which might or might not be her, and he has to get the same photo signature deal that you do. Okay. We could totally get a photo of um, her and us standing in front of the Great Pyramid, because it's actually like... It's um, they always photograph it with the desert as a backdrop, but on the other side is like downtown Cairo. It's like right close to the city. So wow, hmm. yeah, it's just outside of Cairo. Yeah, they sort of built the city around it. That's the, the art of photography for you. Yeah, so I, I that was most of the things I could think of in the yeah. 
Does anyone else wish to do anything before you um, head to the starting point? Peter's ready. No, I'm ready. Yeah. So, presumably in the background, Paul and Elsa and Maxwell are doing whatever. I've been yep. had a good brush the night before. Because he's going to leave. Um, and that morning, the morning of the 3rd, the 3rd of January, 1899, there's a knock at your door into the same courier from the Royal Academy of Science, and he hands you the sealed letter, sealed with the with Sir Simmons' seal, and you open it up, um, and it reads that you, this is this has come quite early in the morning, so this is like 6.30am the guy turns up, um, and the sealed letter that Bernard, in fact, will be given, of yeah. course, that, that you, of course... I don't know, would you open and read it yourself, or would you take it to her ladyship? No, I take it to so. And open it in front of me. Oh, no. Did you hand it to me? Okay. Was it addressed to me? Uh, I, I think it will, it will be addressed to... Um, our expedition. We, our expedition needs a name. It really does. Yeah. We'll have to think of something up after this. Well, I, what about the strange expedition? Because <laughs> a man is coming in and B has a strange class. It does have a lot to be said for it. Yeah. Uh, arguably, yeah. 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 It, 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 it kind of describes the party as a whole, not just. <laughs> so, so it has been noted that basically the members of the strange expedition are U six PCs, and then. After request, there is a rewrite to include the seventh PC, Thomas. Yep. Thomas Strange, Thank bracket, you. cat. Bracket. <laughs> oh man, so much disrespect. And, and yes, you, you, receive, you, you receive this letter marched to the Strange Expedition. Yeah, yep. yeah open in front of everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And it reads the starting point um, is at 10 a.m. The London Botanical London Botanical Gardens Rose Garden. Oh, how lovely! Which is not terribly difficult to get to. You know, half an hour's drive would get you there with ease. And I assume you're going to go and wait, stir, pick the stir people, <laughs> and that sort of thing. Peter's snoring loudly. I would have thought he would have. Pete snores loudly. Fun fact. <laughs> Oh. I've read it to myself first. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you're, you're part of the letter, so it doesn't yeah. matter if you read it to yourself first. You go around, awaken the household, get everyone ready. This is not exactly. You, you haven't been given hordes of time. You've probably maybe got half an hour to diddle around in. Yeah. But you've got plenty enough time to get up, eat breakfast. Yep. Get your gear together. Get ready to go. Do they serve coffee in this? Um, in this? Um, fancy house that I'm staying in or only the um, ask, ask Bernard <laughs> or only that British tease sorry so how are you going to ask my butler how he can make you a coffee <laughs> well Pete will have forthrightly inquired if there was any coffee about on the uh, his first, uh, first night in the joint American coffee such a husband uh, so I, I think we have been so long going going to mm-hmm Yes, you you probably like keep some right in the back of the pantry just in case you have the Americans coming <laughs> out. It's, it's a little old. You probably should order some more, but yeah. it's not like you'll yeah, it's not like you'll notice the taste difference anyway. Yeah, he's <laughs> not used to such low quality stuff. This is high quality grade. I mean, this is it's coffee. It's okay, but it's not like Pittsburgh. 
coffee. Yeah, yeah. Because Pittsburgh, of course, makes the best of everything in the world. Yeah, yeah. naturally. But they also have fresh it's coffee it's as it's opposed it's to coffee that's been sitting in the cupboard for a while. Yeah, but it's, it's, you have to make it. They are British, you have to make allowances. Yeah. So, yes, people have a nice coffee and Besides, some bacon and eggs. Pittsburgh coffee you can use to, you know, it's so thick you can use it to pave the roads with. They do pave the roads with it. People get dressed, get geared up, roll out the door. Um, Sorry, can <laughs> How many of the party have cautious as a hindrance? Uh, <laughs> Not me. Okay. <laughs> what? Well, because cautious is the one that makes you late places <laughs> because you spend too much time organizing and prepping and preparing and there's too and so much thinking he does not have cautious neither do I neither do I so it's a 50-50 I think because I'm an archaeologist I will have packed everything last night uh, but, but I will still go through it yes, and make sure it's all packed. Yes, you've got to go through it again. <laughs> <laughs> <I paid laughs> it last night. Just in case something came alive and tried to kill you again. Yeah. Like those damn so, scarf beetles. You mean mummies. Everyone who isn't cautious, yep. um, make me an agility check to see basically how quickly you get up, get organised, get everything together. Like, we know these that these other three cautious will be too slow. I barely think. Uh, incidentally, because it's party Spoiler. majority succeeds, all three of you Spoiler. need to succeed on this because one okay. of you will fail. So I got two party. explosions in the three. Okay, you you can only succeed here. You're an old lady. You get up before the birds. <laughs> I got a success. Okay, so at this point, half the party does succeed in getting there on time, which is because any one of you three failing means half the party, over half the party fails automatically because they three fail. Oh my gosh, I, I, my butler does not drive me there. I have to drive myself. So, no, I think, I think no, on average no. we're on time. You, you all arrive at the same time because you arrive in the same car in the Rolls Royce style. It's just that these three can't contribute to bringing us on time because yeah. they're automatically the slowest yes, three. Essentially, all, essentially all three of you <laughs> fail your Agility checks automatically by virtue of being cautious. You spend too much time. It's it's the fact that you pack everything carefully. You get to the rose garden. You scope it out. You know just in case that that devious fog has some sort of trap, etc., etc. You know you're only like a, a minute late style thing. So it's not a big problem, and you haven't missed the the 10 p.m. time yet because of course you've aimed to come you know 10 minutes early because 10 is when the race is starting. Mm-hmm. So you avoid accruing a failure marker. You do not accrue a success marker. But bravo! Encourage your first success by <laughs> so over cautious butler. Yeah, here on time, that's what matters. What about your over cautious nephew? <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay him well, I do pay him money, don't I? <laughs> His family, I forgive him. You arrive at the London Botanical <laughs> Gardens, park the car, um, you get out and head for the Rose Garden. Basically, you spend five minutes weaving through these beautiful gardens. There is a lot of lovely... Um, it's topiary, isn't it? The word for this. this yeah, statue is yeah. made of uh, I'll probably smell a few roses on the way. Um, Thomas immediately sort of goes to, you know, look to see if he can go somewhere else. But of course, you're keeping him in your arms. <laughs> yes. um, and you show up at the Rose Gardens. And you can make me a notice check. 
It's spotless and in search. It's always going to be a thing. Yeah. Nope. Pete fails. Pete fails. Pete fails. raise. Pete's looking for Elsa. Uh, You will see her. Uh, Um, Basic information for anyone who has eyes and is blind. (laughs) It's theoretically possible if you took the wrong and if you took the hindrance. Um, There are five other people waiting in this rose garden. Um, There is Sir Andrew Simmons. Um, There is actually his butler, who you've seen last night, who who was actually in a nice tuxedo because he's he's a general assistant in hand as well as being the butler style of thing. Well, of course, Um, not respectfully in this direction. And there are three... Oh, in fact, there are a variety of people here because round the outskirts of the Rose Garden you will also see the media. There are several newspaper reporters with cameras and that sort of thing set up. Yeah. Uh, Fogg is, of course, posing for photos and people have got yeah. the big cloak, o- the big tripod set up and the cloak yeah. and all this sort of thing. Um, and you see the three other people here are Phileas Fogg, Elsa von Braun and Maxwell von Braun. Uh, Lady Strange, you actually get a better observation of what they are carrying mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, so, uh, Fogg himself is armed um, with a very old school, like, like really old school, almost uh, colonial era, um, I suppose it's not that old at this point, but it's at least like a hundred years out of date, like a flintlock pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a much more modern light rifle strapped over, like a Winchester rifle strapped over his back. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever the English equivalent of that would be, because he's, he's got the English made yeah. one, the American made one. Um, you will observe that he has his fine instead, <coughs> but with your superior eyes, you also observe the little click and um, a little silver lining in it that you can see. There's sort of a button on there, an ejection thing. You suspect it's a cane sword. Yeah. You know, he can shoot the end off his walking stick and then stab people with it, style of thing. Mm. Um, this is something I'll relay to everyone at some point. Other than that, he is carrying nothing, like no backpacks or anything like that. Um, he's probably got several pockets in his waistcoat that could fit little pocket-sized things, but mm. he's clearly not carrying, like, the camera and all this kind of thing. Um, Elsa um, is, the back horse of the group. is dressed in much, much more practical... He's still in his fine silkery, he's not having <laughs> yeah. the rest, but Elsa is dressed in much more practical gear than when you last saw her. She is dressed in... Uh, probably something similar to what Jonathan's read, like very heavy duty, like survivalist style yeah. gear. Um, looking again kind of mannish, she's got the shirt, like hardcore um. hiking boots on, etc. etc. Uh, she is mm. carrying a huge heavy backpack mm. um, that you suspect that looks like a deluxe survival kit thing. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> Just like the one Pete's wearing. Right? Um, she is also carrying one of these flintlock pistols. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like the same sort of make and model that Fog has. Um, She's probably better at firing it too. And she has what looks like an Olympic quality <coughs> saber on her, like a proper full-blown fencing saber, thick thing, and yeah. not not a rapier, but a little pokey one with a big slashy jobby. Yeah, um, the one that you do fencing with. Yeah, in a nice in a nice um, <coughs> uh, sheath and that sort of thing. Um, and Maxwell von Braun is there with his little glasses on, looking around, and he is carrying a bunch of weird things, is the the best descriptor you could give it. They seem to be 
bolted and strapped on around him. One of them looks like some sort of gun, or although of a type you can't quite make out. He also has one of these little flip-locky pistols. Um, and his gun looks very space-age, like almost like one of those Ghostbusters-style ray guns, but without mm. the backpack attached to it. Um, and he has a belt on that has several clockwork contraptions and weird things as well, so... You don't know what any of this shit is, you just know he's got it. Are, are any of them yours? I'll ask you about this. Do you know anything about these? Can you make me a weird science check? Okay, I've got... Okay, so Can I? If you have weird science and get it pointed out to you, then yes. Cool. I well, you've got a 10. 10. <laughs> nope. Uh, Not my field of expertise. Which will go to a... I'll, I'll give you a plus two bonus on this because some of this is based on your designs, Jeremy. Asshole. Uh, <laughs> That's so why I asked. 12. Mm. Nice. So, you recognize... That will be a success with two raises, so that will give you three answers from this. Um, you actually recognize some of the stuff that he has on there. Some of it looks like your designs heavily adapted to do other things. Um... His gun looks like a molecular destabilizer. Damn. <laughs> what have you been working on? <laughs> it, it is literally like a disintegration style ray. Yikes. It's like a full-blown hard science ray gun disintegration ray. Um, his belt, you know, um, actually, when when you look at it, it's you were using. You, you were looking at what? What are the powers you have? As we uh, the two ones I've got, I've got a blast one. Yep. And I've got the mind spiders, which can either read minds or mind control. That's terrifying. Yep. Mind, mind spiders. This is why he was being recruited. <laughs> he has he has some of your mind spiders tucked away in his belt. No. He has the same power that works the same way because he stole it from you. <laughs> he stole your babies. I don't think he'd think of it. I think he'd think of them as devices. I doubt he'd think of it as So, at this point, um, Jeremy will get very excited and basically just well agitated. 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 I was going to say excited sounds positive. Um, yeah, well, and you, you've got one more answer from yeah. this. So I'll, I'll give you your choice of, of of what she's seen that she can point out to you. You can either have his belt. All the flintlock pistols that they're all carrying. I'd like to identify the flintlock. Thank you. I, I, that's what I want to know about. There's yeah. got to be some reason behind that. Um, yeah, when you look at them, they, they look unnecessarily archaic. And then when, when you look at them again, you actually think that it's just kind of outer coating. They look like that, but they're not actually flintlock pistols anymore. Um, you think that. What he is, what you're not sure about the one he is carrying. You think it's probably different, but you think Fog and Elsa also have molecular destabilizers condensed down into the form of these flintlock pistols. Like the actual metal tube no longer contains wadding and bullets and all the things it it should. You're looking at it and guessing that now contains, you know, micro clockwork and all this kind of thing. Micro clockwork. Yeah. Yes, Von Braun, weird scientist. It looks like like very good quality, you know, advanced stuff. Of course, it's based off your genius designs. He's he's d- taken it in different directions than you have, but 
and you know added some of his own flair because you know he's a weird scientist. But my devices were never meant to disintegrate things; they were only meant for melting. So I'll tell this to people um, when I get the chance. Do, do you should should use the death ray to kill people? And you were planning to use the death ray for? Should use it to kill the wrong people? <laughs> do, do, do you think they could be using their mind spiders to control Elsa? Because she sounded like a robot. And this worries me. I never no one should sound like that a robot. application of mind spiders. Well, what do you, I didn't what did intend you my mind spiders to control people. What did you? What? What do they? Are they meant to do? Well, I don't I'll follow all this science, do Fluffy. But I'm sure Phineas, Phineas must be using something uncivilized and you know, generally scoundrelly to get up his sleeve. I'm he here. might be blackmailing her or something. Mm-hmm. I merely attempted to use them as a way of learning more about my fellow man, since I get so uh, little human contact otherwise. Terrifying. Who's got this guy picked as our next campaign? <laughs> <laughs> um, about halfway through, he's going to go rogue and join the other <laughs> If you wish to talk to me at some point in private, I, I can... Give you some wilky advice if you would like. For starters, don't build mind spiders. <laughs> mind spiders are not required. You can just ask. Ask. I'll happily provide. But I won't have scientific certainty that the answers you're giving me are accurate. Mm-hmm. You'll just have to trust me. Or I could use Jeremy, the professor's been over this with you. I know, I know, and it would be it's too late now, but <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> the cat's not in the bag at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go in a bag. <laughs> you won't go in a bag, dear. It's fine. Anyway, we better see what he's doing. Uh, if, you, if you want the information on how the power actually works, I can, I can give it to you. Um, it, to answer Jonathan's question, oh, um, okay. the the how the bind spiders work vis-a-vis controlling if yeah. they're controlling Elsa and that sort of thing. So it's an opposed role of, of what would presumably be Maxwell's weird science versus Elsa's spirit. Um, on a success, he gains control of the target, but only for a very short length of time. Um, you know, Jeremy, that you have been tinkering with the. What, 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 what's called the ritual version of casting these spells where you take longer or spend more power points or whatever but it lasts longer um, theoretically it can last for endless lengths of time but it lasts the ritual version lasts for as much time as you spend doing doing the spell in the first place okay. so the longer he tinkered with the mind spiders and then stuck them in Elsa if that's what's happened the longer the effect would last for so if you'd spent a day doing it, it would last for exactly a day and then stop. If you'd spent a year doing it, it would last for exactly a year and then stop, etc., etc. so creepy. She has been missing three years. Mm-hmm. Just, just I do not believe that he is using the mind spice to control her. I would suggest a secondary or tertiary method of motivation, such as drug dependency. But, but that would be all he'd been doing for three years, was just casting yeah, yeah, No, I, I, I don't think so. 
uh, troubled as I am. But uh, in- incidentally, you can make persuasion checks to unpuppet people as power. Oh, good to know. <laughs> Alright. And if I can get a look at her head, I may be able to extract them. Yeah. What do you mean by her head? Will they have to put them in the head? What do you mean the inside or the outside of the head? You concern me now. The, the part where the brain resides. The inside of the head? Yes. <laughs> I want someone to cover my ears up so they don't get holes in my head. I'm sure that can be arranged. She doesn't seem to be using it. Only one of five test subjects actually was damaged by the insertion of the mind spider. <laughs> <laughs> perfectly safe. Well, one in five. Oh, God. That, like, when you crit fumble your, your weird science checks, they can explode <laughs> when you try to put them in people's brains. <laughs> I don't understand. You understand, like, if you do this anywhere in the vicinity of Pete, he's gonna. If you try to do this to actual people anywhere in the vicinity of Pete, he's basically gonna be required to get you revenge. <laughs> it depends what he's doing with it, though. I mean, like, the Nazis are shooting at you when he controls them to, you know, shoot their buddies instead. Yeah, that feels a bit too I suppose I wouldn't feel the need to physically hit him and stop him doing that specifically. <laughs> Uh, Alright, and so Andrew Simmons stands up like Fog is still posing away from yeah. the media, Elsa draped off his arm, smug as anything. Um, when Sir Simmons <coughs> clears his throat and steps up, and people. Thank you all for coming here today. First of all, I'd like to take the opportunity. To shake your hands, one and all, as men and women of, its sci- of science and adventurous spirit. He goes round and does so to everyone. Um, Fog, Fog and Elspeth shake his hand. Maxwell sort of... And I imagine Jeremy both kind of look at him like he's a bug. Well, you guys are like bred from the same... I designed the, the Maxwell character before I saw Jeremy at all. It just happens to be... I stand up on my toes so he doesn't have to bend down as much. Yeah. I'll, um... It's actually say it's an honour to meet you, sir, as I shake his hand. He's my punitive, um, he's my punitive authority, after all. Ladies and gentlemen of the media... I'll, I'll tell him that Thomas is... Yeah. <laughs> 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 and that's in the next day's paper. <laughs> Distinguished cat here. Head of Science Academy shakes cat's hand. Yeah, losing, <laughs> sign losing his mind should step down to fall. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the gentlemen, the ladies and gentlemen, and men and women of science, I wish you the very best of luck in your first leg getting to Cairo. I shall be eagerly following your progress from around the world. Do be sure to telegram in from time to time and let me know where you're at and how you are going. And he pulls out what is basically a gun, just like a, a sort of... Start a, a, a pop gun, a starter pistol rather than an actual firearm. Um, and his butler pulls out a stopwatch and, and bends it over to him. Classic, very English flip-out pocket watch with a chain on it and everything. And well. he looks at it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching 10am. When I fire this gun, the race will begin. And just to make things interesting, I have had Jeeves here take care of removing the methods of transportation by which you arrived. Well, 
How did they arrive? You've Do we know? know. <laughs> I would suggest that wherever you are going, you begin by running. The race begins. Now. Bang! Bang. And at that point, it is five past ten. And we will So we'll leave it there. Uh, yep. And we're starting off with your high skill. Yes! Running! Yes! No, it's my lowest skill. I have a D10 to run it. Yeah, well, you can take me on your shoulders. <laughs> I've got a minus one. Not there. Before we left, I um, made a little bit of uh, arranging for a car to be uh, a little bit at the starting point. Could be arriving in the next one. Yes, remind me of that one when we get the next week's one. But that's it. That's it for the moment. <laughs>